This is the Comic Wide Podcast for the week of January 18th, 2013. I'm Sarah. I'm here with uh, Corey Schroeder. Hey. He is not the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com. Yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> oh, well, actually, that might maybe answer. I've that said m- too much. No, maybe that'll answer a question that we have uh, today from a, a certain user. All right. Later. User Tony, questions. Uh, Tony is not here today. He's actually on a much-needed vacation. He is. But he does say hello. He he did email me to remind me to uh, tell everyone that he says hi. He sends his best. And he's thinking of all of you Oh. while he's on vacation. <laughs> uh, let's start off with Avenging Spider-Man because it was great. It was. Issue number 16 has Spider-Man teaming up with uh, members of the X-Men. Yep. And Wolverine, he... He starts, I mean... It's kind of aggro. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And also, not just that, um, he's clearly, he he can tell the difference, you know? And and that's something that um, does come up in this issue a lot, which Mm -hmm. I think is great. Because Chris Yost, I think he nailed Doc Ock Spider-Man. Absolutely. I I think he did a uh, tremendous job of, again, like illustrating the, the kind of right and wrong that's... At, at conflict, at war, at battle, in a, in the mind of uh, of Spider-Man slash Doc Ock. Um, while also, like, he's really, really trying to, uh, to, like, keep up the, like, you know, cause, and it, it happens in, a, in Daredevil, which I'm sure we'll get into, but, like, where people are like, hey, you're not as chatty as you usually are. You're not as talkative. You're not... Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I actually, I really like that issue, yeah. which we'll talk about later. And then he, like... When Doc Ock tries to quip, it's the best. <laughs> um, th- this was overall, this was a really, really fun issue, mm-hmm. I think. I wasn't a big fan of the last issue, but I am a huge fan of this one. You weren't? No, I was like a, a, a last issue of Avenging? No. Okay, that's fair. I thought it was a decent setup, but yeah, it was like, he's a little too ruthless. Like, he's a little too cutthroat. He's a little too, like, he's, he's more like a villainous Spider-Man, where in this one, he's... Actually, more like a heroic Dr. Octopus, if yeah. that makes sense. No, but I think, and the, I mean, I could, you know, this could just be my opinion. I think that that was uh, sort of a, a necessity. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he's not used to being very moral you sure. know, or, or thinking about uh, the, like, trying to help people. Right. So um, you're going to... I think that you're going to need to have that sort of transitional period where Mm -hmm. he's obviously, you know, thinking about these things and he's got to get comfortable with this idea that he's got to be a hero. Right. Um, Also, Paco Medina did the art and he is my favorite of the three Medinas currently working in comics. Oh my gosh. His (laughs) art in this issue is amazing. There's a great part where the... The thing that they're fighting like falls off of a building in the background, and it's so yes. it's such great comedic timing. Yes, it is really good. <laughs> um, and this is a great example of why uh, artists working on backgrounds is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need to set the um, not just like you need to show us what's happening in mm-hmm. the story. And Medina does that really, really well. Yeah. Moving on to Batman and Robin number Batman sixteen. Batman and Robin. Um, Corey, you read this? I did. It was fine. It's I 
I didn't think in the last issue, and I continue to not think that the person that Damien is fighting is actually Batman. Mm. Uh, there's a much larger reason why I think that now. I, I suspected it last issue. Now I, it's all but confirmed. I won't spoil why, but um, this, I think, was the first Bat title that I read this week, and it sets up the uh, the recurring theme across, I think, every Bat title that came out this week of the Joker with the, um, what do you call it, the plate with the... The covering at the end. Yes. All of the issue 16 bat titles. Yes. Ended with a plate at the end. Except, a platter. Except, the platter with a cover. Yeah. Except Batman. Batman did in the oh, uh, backup. Did? Oh, did the, it? Yeah. The backup takes place directly after, like, which is a weird uh, shift, which makes it less of a backup and more of a continuation. Oh, you know what? You're right. Because it takes place directly after the end of the main story. Hooey. I missed yeah. that. <laughs> And so, no, that one, that one too, ends with the platter and uh, covering. Um, speaking of Batman issue number 16 by Scott Snyder, real I good. loved it. I oh, yeah. It was great. It's real good. Um, except for the end. You know what? <laughs> I may be in a small camp, but mm-hmm. I'm in the camp of just kill him already. Yeah. Get it over with. You know? Wait, like, Batman or Joker? Joker. Kill yeah. the Joker, Batman. It's yeah. time. I, at this point, I feel like every death that occurs is partially Batman's responsibility. It really... It's kind of it's, on him. It's gotten insane. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like, or cripple him. Absolutely. Like, why have... Why ha- like, okay, don't kill him. Fine. Break his back. Break his neck. Like, do something to stop this lunatic. Seriously. Break his limbs in half. Totally like, so agree. that they don't heal. Like, we are, we are proponents of violence right now yeah. when it comes to the Joker. This is just... Yeah, it's... Un, he's unchecked and it, and, it, and it's 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 like i i hope that this story sort of serves as a way to to demonstrate to batman yeah that it, he can't like like fine so there there's a line that he will not cross sure but maybe he's gonna cross it this if, if what's this under one. that platter is covering is what i think it is then he very well may ridiculous <laughs> um and yeah like i i have little nitpicky issues like nothing specific actually which i guess means it's not a nitpick as much as it is a broad thing and that is that i'm not enjoying this as much as i enjoyed court of owls and night of owls me neither to be honest it's it's great don't get me wrong it is an amazing book scott snyder is doing incredible work greg capullo top of his game Mm -hmm. but the newness of the court of owls like you didn't know what to expect yeah and and there's there's so it's so predictable when you have a joker story yeah you know know what he's gonna do it's predictable and it's unpredictability yeah yeah totally and and (laughs) he's he's crazy he's gonna do something nuts i agree with you i i actually enjoyed court of owls a lot more it was consistently great Mm -hmm. this issue was not my favorite issue yeah i'd give this like a three and a half or four yeah I, w- I would honestly. I would bump it up to a four just because the art is really solid. Oh, There's a lot of great the art imagery. Is, you know, you're absolutely right. The, the flaming art horse is really solid. at that one point where it's just like, what the what? Seriously, <laughs> no, it's really good. Yeah. Um, so all new X Men. <sighs> great, loving it. Okay, I'm recording. Yeah. Corey and I had to stop the podcast. It was actually really, really funny. Yeah, but anyway, if we sound like we've been laughing, we have. Uh huh. Um, so all new X-Men here, all new X-Men issue number six. I am greatly enjoying it. Me too. (laughs) You're loving it. Uh, You might say that. (laughs) One might Um, (sighs) so anyway, uh, this, this was actually a lot of fun. It's great to see Jean Grey back. It's great to see her interaction with Kay Pride and with Storm. 
Um, but I'm also going to say, um, I, I've never been Jean Grey's biggest fan. I've always found her to be kind of vanilla, like, especially vanilla. compared to Emma Frost. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but... It's a little vanilla. I think, much like Cyclops, Jean Grey has never been more interesting than she is in this book. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love, I love that Bendis is, like, giving her all this, like, pathos and, like, this this whole foreknowledge of her future and... It's it's changed her. It's it's made her a bit more like driven, a bit more angry. <laughs> like that was the thing. Jean was always so serene, and just it was like water off a duck's back. Just nothing, nothing seems to. No, get... I, I I agree with you a hundred percent. she's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it's also pretty cool. Uh, towards the end, you get that great scene with um. A, they're both angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, why are your are your wings metal? <laughs> How did you do that? Yeah. He's like, I'm not really sure, but I they're cool, know. right? Let's and go he's fly. like, let's go. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. So um I I actually really, really yeah, that I was not sure much. about the the concept of this book of like the past X Men coming into the future, mm-hmm. but leave it to Bendis to just hit it out of the park. Definitely, and like I love Wolverine. He's like, oh yeah. man, this little punk kid. Uh. I gotta chase after him. If Tony was here, he would say that um, this two-page, not a two-page spread, but these two pages mm-hmm. where you have uh, Jean Grey talking to Kitty Pride, and then yeah. you have all those word bubbles in the background because Jean can hear everybody's thoughts. Yeah. He really liked that. I agree. I think it's really cool. It's great. Um, She's newly telepathic, so she can't quite uh, control it yet. And the art just, like, look at this. Like, you have mm-hmm. to focus. And then, like, when you get to that oh, bottom panel so on this page, good. she's so serene, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's great. And and I love Kitty Pride in this mm-hmm. uh, series. She's she's really owning it. Like, she's really She's owning, like, control. the entire Marvel Universe, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, she is really taking charge of a lot. And it's great to see her mature as a character now. Exactly. Daredevil. Number 22. <sighs> Love it. Holy oh. bleep. Am I right? Holy bleep is right. Holy bleep. Chris Samney. Uh, has he done Daredevil yet? Yes. Okay, I, I thought he so. Has. Yeah, a couple okay. times. Yeah, he's back. He's great. I love all the artists on this book. Usually I'm not a fan of, of a book that jumps around with artists, but this one pulls it off. <laughs> um, there's a great reveal at the end that I oh really gosh. wish Tony were here because I would be rubbing it in his face. Wait. Why? Because he's all talking about, like, oh, Foggy's acting. This isn't how Foggy acts. This, you know, he's no, not. No, it's not. And yeah, right? and I was like, you're there right, but there's wrong. something up. Like, yeah. And I love I love the subtlety because when, when you get to issue 22 and you've been reading and you know what what has happened between yeah. these two characters, you know the way Foggy's been acting is not really I, I was like, there's no way this Mark Wade. such a huge payoff, <sighs> right? I was like, there's no way Mark Wade would write him. Like that, unless there was a reason. Exactly. And that's what makes this an amazing comic book, mm-hmm. I think. And then you've got the great interaction with Spider-Man and, and yeah. Doc Ock. Again, Spider- yeah. The Doc Ock Superior Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to stop calling him that. <laughs> I just want to continue to call him Dr. Octopus because that's who he is. Yeah. But whatever. Um, but there's a great interaction. And I love the beginning. Oh, man. The, I just, like, I've loved everything about mm-hmm. this issue. Like, the beginning where he's broke. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, back in the day, I used to have to fold bills like this. Yeah. Now I just go to the ATM. And him, like. Unless I'm broke and I've got no money to take out of my bank account. And him, like, breaking the bottles of the uh, of the liquor store. Yes. Uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant when the guy tries to, like, rip them off. I know. Also, who does that? God, what a sleaze bag. Seriously. Oh. But it's okay. It totally it's makes up for it when he gets, like, free dinner. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
There's right. also the line, I'm about to utter four words that, in order that they have never been uttered before in the history of English. Yes. Thank God for stilt man. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, there's so uh, much good. I love this. the imagery on the cover too, because I originally thought those were uh, Doc Ock's tendrils because of the whole Superior Spider-Man thing, but then I, it turns out that that is in fact stilt man. Like I thought it was, they were just doing oh, like, some kind yeah, of symbolic. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, yeah, thing, but it turns mm-hmm. out. It might be both. That might be completely accidental. I might be reading way too much into that. Or, I totally or, didn't notice that, but no, yeah. it's, it, I think it's I think it's a little of both, which is pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. So that book is amazing. Um, Captain America number three. That's amazing. Unfortunately, less amazing. I really liked the last two issues, but this one just. You know what? Felt uh, a little holding pattern. If Tony was here, he would say because he told me yesterday. <laughs> yes. we, we were talking a little bit. There are certain scenes where John Romita draws these characters that have like enormous heads. Like this kid has a giant yeah, head on a little kids body. Have giant heads. But this one, this is absurd. Hold on, I'm going to find it. Uh, while I look for it, why, oh wait, it, I just found it's it. It's the same way as in Kickass. Look at this. The hit girl has He's, a giant. It's head. like a it's like a side profile of this yeah. person, and the head is enormous. Yeah, it looks like a bobblehead. The. Uh, the the flashback bits are actually some of the best. I really I think they're going in a direction though that I really hope they're not going in of uh of having of having a pair of characters who ha- who previously had no history now suddenly having a history. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. But uh there's there's a great image on the at the end of it that I'm mm-hmm. Hoping goes somewhere, and it's Remender, so I'm along for the ride. And like I said, I really like the last two issues, so I'm willing to to allow one to stumble. <laughs> um. Okay, so then we've got Team Seven, which I actually did not read. You know, I really have been lukewarm on this book, but this issue was good. Um, I think it's kind of my one problem with it is that everyone really, really, really cares about Slade. Like, because Eclipso has has possessed Slade, Eclipso has escaped his his crystal and is now running around in in using Slade as a host. And everyone is like super concerned about protecting Slade effing Wilson, like ruthless, murderous mercenary. Mm-hmm. And like, I get that you know, there's this whole like you know we're a team, no no one left behind. But they are like really going out of their way to protect this like borderline sociopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a little weird. Yeah, but um, um, other than that, the action is really good. The The banter has gotten a lot better. How did, um, how did you like uh, Jesus Marino's art? Great. Looks looks really good. Yeah. It's it's great for what this book is. And I, this I, page, huh? Yeah. No, yeah. Right? Rising out of the flames? Yeah, it's awesome. Ridiculous. It's it's really good. It's, like, really good. And I, I want to say for an action book, but that makes it sound like, oh, for an action book. But I'm saying, no, his art is perfectly suited to an action yeah, book. It's complimentary. <laughs> yeah. I like his Eclipso, too. Yeah. This eclipse looks really menacing. <laughs> Venom issue number thirty. You know, not so much, huh? Yeah, this book has kind of. I, I agree with. Um, was it Elfringer Katzman into the review? I this think week? it was uh, Matt, but I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, apologies if if we're wrong on that, but uh, yeah, I would have to agree with uh, with their review. It was it's, eh. and I, I've liked some of the stuff that Colin Bunn has done, but this is. It's also got a really confusing ending. Like, suddenly Venom is in Philadelphia in, like, the last two pages. And, yeah, I don't know. Just the book didn't cohere well. It's hard to follow what's going on in it. So. Um, Superboy. Superboy. I have to remember to talk into the microphone. Uh, this is actually Batman uh, featuring Superboy. <laughs> yes. I mean... 
Superboy. In my review, I accidentally wrote Scott Labdell. Oh, okay. Right, because it was like I've been I've been reviewing all the Hell on Earth titles. Oh, you mean Hell on Earth? Hell on Earth. <laughs> oh my God. God. Not even joking. The George all Lucas. of the comments in that review were. By the way, it's Tom DeFalco, uh, not Scott Lobdell. He hasn't been writing for the last four issues. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> that still doesn't change the fact that this issue kind of stunk. Yeah, it was like bad. Um, like I, I haven't been a big fan of Superboy, but this is just this is just ridiculous. First, the art was like something that you get on the side of a cereal box. Yeah. Then you have like really bizarre, like, the, okay, the only redeeming quality in this issue is the way that uh, Supergirl and Hael yes. have that interaction. It's you a good know, interaction, but I don't know. Do we need another page of Supergirl weeping? Like, I feel like that's been a, it's been a dress. kind of recurring motif in throughout this whole event. I guess so. Uh, also, also, uh, his scar is gone again. You know, it's weird. Hell doesn't have the scar on his chest. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it myself. It seems to appear and disappear from issue to issue. <laughs> no, it's true. It does. Um, there was something else. What else didn't I like? I also don't find him particularly compelling as a villain. I think, I think that the premise is interesting. But yes. I don't know how how well it's being executed. I want to like the right. I want to like it because it is an interesting premise. I of think like it would have been a Kryptonian who wants to bring back Krypton. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been more interesting if he was more deceptive. Yeah. You know, and like it would have been great to see. I don't know pages of Superman being shown. Here's what your life could have been like. Yeah. You know, kind of like, like a um for the man who has everything. That, exactly. That one shot. <laughs> exactly. And and I and I think that that would have been that would have made it a little bit more compelling. You know, yeah. Um, but the idea that that he that Superman has to choose between Earth and and Krypton. Well, what do you think he's going to choose? Right. Well, that's why I kind of like the whole Supergirl thing because she hasn't been on Earth for as long as and him, so she I doesn't mean. have that connection, exactly. which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I do see like the other side of that coin is that it's kind of cool that he doesn't have to be deceptive because that's what Supergirl actually wants. Exactly. So that's neat. But I just I feel like there's nothing compelling about him as a character. His That's plot is more compelling than he is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> also, his name is Hell. Come on. Terrible, right? What's is his partner E-V apostrophe I-L? Like, also, what is with Batman's cape? Just because you're in the North Pole doesn't mean you, mean you need a fuzzy collar. cape, okay? Jesus. And I'm, I like the uh, the Batman cov from Superman Red Sun. I like his furry cap Batman, but... but this is different, okay? Also, come on, Batman and the Justice League? Like, Jesus... Terrible. He's also not in it that much. No, Superboy isn't in this at all. One Neither th- Superboy nor Batman, no, for that matter. No, uh, One of the things that bugs me about the way this was written, though, is that um, Tom DeFalco, not Scott Abdell, mm-hmm. Tom DeFalco is sort of walking you through everything. I don't like when writers tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's not your job. Yeah, okay? especially not in a visual medium. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, you need to understand the difference between prose and... And how to write a good comic book. This and has you, been my biggest problem with Chris Claremont for a while as you, well. <laughs> you write a good comic book by utilizing the talents of the artist that you're working with. Mm-hmm. And you and you use the dialogue in an interesting way to tell a good story. Yeah. Kind of like Mark Wade does in Daredevil. <laughs> Pretty amazingly. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Anyway. X-Factor, number I 250. continue to love this book. Even um, 250 issues later? Yup. Um, also horrible about what happened to Peter David. I know. He seems to be on the road to recovery, though. Which is good. Which is really good. He's apparently dictating, um, 
future issues to his wife, who is very, being very supportive and like typing them out. So. That is so sweet. I know, right? So we're ho- he's hoping that there won't be a delay, but there's no guarantee of it. Uh, whatever it takes to get you to feel better. Corey, in life, nothing is guaranteed. I know. I know. Write it down. No faith but the one that we make. This one brings back Wolfsbane's child. It brings back Darwin. It brings back like a lot of threads that have seemingly been frayed. But I always, I, I never stop believing. I know. I think Peter David knows what he's doing. This book is incredible. You should really, everyone should be reading it. Saga chapter nine. Speaking of books, everyone should be reading with with people that have like like weird faces on their torso. Oh man, I love the 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 alien design in this book. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. It's just uh, me and my business partner are actually talking about this and how um, it's this very interesting like almost send-up of traditional comic book art because the bodies like wind up being so huge and over muscled that the heads do kind of wind up looking puny. So why not just take off the head altogether and put their faces on their torsos, on their torsos. Yes. for the, for the sextillion workers on that first page spread of, I think issue six, where it's just like women's heads, giant heads on legs. And it's amazing. I love Th- it. That was great because it is like this whole, like, well, since you know, the leg thing is so hypersexualized anyway, why not just cut out the body altogether and yeah. just have these heads on legs and so it winds up looking freaky. And then you have like a, a head inside of the crotch. Yeah. Instead of a crotch. Yeah. Well, and also the, what's her name? The spider woman, the fate, the thread. Um, doesn't matter. Well, yeah. Well, and she's also, uh, she gives me the creeps. <laughs> totally. So yeah, this is actually an issue that has almost none, if not, I don't think it has any of Alana or Marco. Mm-hmm. It's all the Will and uh, Marco's ex. <laughs> Gross. Which, yeah, it's a great book. It's truly amazing. It is one of the best debuts, and it is nine for nine. Like, uh, I think it has nine five-star issues, personally. We don't have uh, Demon Knights here ah. with us. Um, which was actually pretty good. So you're 30 years into the future. Okay. Paul Cornell is off the book now. Hmm. So Robert Venditti is writing a new story. And it's it's interesting because he takes elements of where Paul Cornell leaves us. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, here's what's changed since then. So it'll be interesting to see him. And I'm I'm assuming this is why he did it is so that he can go back and sort of give us examples of how we got to this point. And hopefully it'll wind up better than one year later. Exactly. But it's great. Do you remember one year later? No. It was that big DC event that 52 was supposed to be the bridge for. Oh, yes. Horrible. Oh, when Jason Todd became like a cosmic space (laughs) cockroach. Forget it. It's disgusting. It's horrible. (laughs) Everything got retconned. It was terrible. (laughs) Anyway. Um, And another book that we don't have in today, but that might be my favorite book from this week, all new um, Avengers. Right? Avengers Assemble? All new Avengers. What is? Isn't it? It's the Hickman book. Is oh, new Avengers. Yes. You oh. said all new Avengers. I know. I'm sorry. Off. I'm sorry. And yeah, that book was incredible. Um, hello. What the f is going to uh, happen? What? I I said it in my most anticipated feature blur, but the way that you've got Jonathan Hickman writing this incredibly cerebral, like mm. super thought provoking dialogue, but then you've also got uh, Steve Epting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, with this just super Amazing. fluid action. Like, I love the way he draws Black Panther in action. Not just that, but then the whole scene where Reed is explaining exactly what's oh, going on. God. Okay, we're going to deal with some really, like, heavy stuff. So the whole Illuminati stuff is coming back into play, which is great. Yes. So this is what we've been waiting for. Charles Xavier's dead. Right. Where is that last Infinity Gem? Right? So we've got, like, a bunch of, a bunch of stuff is going on. T'Challa is totally against the idea of an Illuminati. But he's like, okay. But if this, it's got to happen, but then this situation is so dire, it. and they're so desperate that he's like, all right, we have to do this. Yep. And Captain America's there, and yeah, uh, everybody's there. It's a great example of how Hickman can can tell a really complex story concisely and in a way that will make it easy for people to understand. Yeah, it's engaging. The art is beautiful. All those scenes where they're sitting around that table. The way that Epting uses shows, mm-hmm. like casting shadows on the oh, faces yeah. of those characters, brilliant. Half of this book so is at well a table. Done. Like, it's, it's a bunch of people and sitting around a table. And, and it's, it's compelling. so compelling. Yes. They're reassembling the Infinity Gauntlet. This I'm, is going I'm, to be so bad. This I, is going to go so wrong I know. <laughs> and then you get the foreshadowing in the following pages. Uh, this is what could potentially yeah. happen. And you're like, holy F, yeah. what? It's amazing. So, so good. If you're not reading New Avengers by Jonathan Hickman... Please do. Yeah. Please do. It's so good. Um, another uh, great comic, which actually took me by surprise because I have not been the biggest Gail Simone Batgirl fan. Mm-hmm. Batgirl number 16 was pretty awesome. I am of a single mind with you on that. <laughs> do we just like all the same? I think we have a lot in common in terms of taste. I think so, too. <laughs> um, I Well, I guess I'll let you go first, but what was your favorite thing about this issue? Um, I really liked um for one thing i really like james uh james gordon jr but i also really liked uh babs finally losing control and just wailing on the joker that was just, awesome just going nuts because i one of my least favorite things about this is the whole like wheelchair thing gets brought up like three times an issue yeah and it's like okay we get it her it's a motivating factor for her mm-hmm. let's let's get a few other motivating factors something anything but yeah just like her talk of of in my dreams I kill the Joker and when it's a bad dream I feel guilty and when it's a good dream I don't <laughs> and just like yeah that was like awesome I love it. <laughs> um, I think that the whole therapy thing, mm-hmm. those beginning scenes in this issue, perfect. Yeah, this is what I wanted. You know, I feel like this is what a lot of readers may have been waiting for. Yeah, that moment where she's addressing like this is how I felt. You know, yeah, in a in a way that isn't. And this is what I liked about the way Simone laid out the scene, right? You didn't have Barbara explaining to, to, to readers, this is how I feel right now. Right. You had a third person and you had the, the perspective of what this doctor is writing down on a piece of paper. Right. And this, these are the conditions that she has. This is how she's suffering. You know, and that I think was interesting. It wasn't Barbara explaining it to the reader. It was the therapist explaining it exactly. to the reader. However, if Tom DeFalco had written this... <laughs> It might have been, I feel really bad right now. It would have been several paragraphs about how she, how badly she feels. I'm sorry. Am I being too nasty and mean? <laughs> a little bit. I don't know about too bad, but maybe just I think enough. it's merited. I, I think it's... if you're going to spend two ninety nine on a comic book that you really like, and if Superboy is a character you freaking love, mm-hmm. then you're not going to want some crappy story. We generally are very positive on this podcast, but that comes at the price of, you know, if you don't do a good job, we will call you out on that. Totally. <laughs> Indestructible Hulk number Speaking three. of doing a good job. All right. 
this is another Mark Wade book, so already standards are high. And um, he has this amazing concept of Bruce Banner wanting to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. as a scientist and then, like, just periodically deploying the Hulk as a grenade, basically. Or mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like Banner is the brain and Hulk is the fist. So, yeah, whenever they need, like, some some not-so-subtle wet work done, they just drop the Hulk in. And they do that amazingly in this. And it's also awesome because I have always wanted to see S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, not getting their butts kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually get to see S.H.I.E.L.D. as, like, functioning competently in the, in these issues. Um, yeah, like, Banner's assembling a science team. We get to see the candidates. We get to see Maria Hill and Bruce Banner have some more amazing banter. Uh, yeah, I, I love this issue. I love Lanel Yu's art. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, talk he's about great. talk about people who do great action. Uh, Lanel oh, Yu he's is so good near the top of that list. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I love his pencils. Mm-hmm. Um, Deathstroke number sixteen. This book is back on track, as far as I'm concerned. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I should start reading it again. Yes. You is this a good jumping should. on point, Corey? Uh, you probably want to start with the last issue. And okay. then, because this is a great two issue story. Mm-hmm. Like the, this, this one pretty much wraps up the current storyline that started last issue. It's, it's a twofer. It's Deathstroke has been hired to kill this unkillable man. Who's basically a petty dictator in a small Eastern European country. He's like set himself up as, as King for life. Mm-hmm. And he can't seem to be killed. Like no one can seem to, to kill him. And his whole thing is I am death. So I will choose when I die. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we get to see, again, like, Deathstroke is sort of the thinking man's assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Avengers number 185. This book is weird. I think I want to like it more than I actually do like it. Mm-hmm. Also, the cover gives away the ending. <laughs> Damn it. It's, the cover is U.S. agent, and he doesn't come into the book until the very end, but they, it's treated as this, like, dramatic reveal. It's also a terrible cover. It's not a great cover. <laughs> Is this the cover you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. His le- What's going on over there with his leg? Also, oh, that's not his leg, Sarah. Uh, oh, 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 my. Also, the background is terrible. Yeah, the, the weird non-existent Stars and Stripes it. background. Talking about covers I did like. Oh, yeah. Doesn't this look, it's like an old, like, reminds you of like an 80s, like mm-hmm. 80s comic. It's a good, right? like, Silver Age, bordering on Bronze Age. Totally. Comic. Captain Marvel. Oh, I Amazing. I love this Amazing. book. Amazing. A lot of people complained about um, uh, Philippe Andrade's art in this issue because it's a little bit... It's it's a little abstract. It's, but... a, it's abstract. It's unconventional. <laughs> but I think that it's perfect. Yeah. I loved it. It's amazing. And it's so creative and it's so different than anything. Um, also, if you're not following Kelly Sue DeConnick on Twitter, you are missing out. Holy crap. She, she is, is hilarious. Is she is funny as her husband. Yeah. Oh, she is hilarious. And they are hilarious together on Twitter. Really? Yeah. They will like banter and it's really adorable. That's really cute. <laughs> yeah. I loved this issue so mm-hmm. freaking much. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. It was a day in the life of uh, Carol Danvers. Yep. But it also focused, uh, it, there's there's like an overall story here. You know, when you get to the end, you don't feel like it's like a throwaway issue. Yeah. Right? Because this is going to be the beginning of something really, really, really big. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what happens. Also, next. Lucky Cap. Lucky Cap. Lucky Cap and Chewy. Yes, I love Chewy. Holy, <laughs> holy cow! Spider Cat. There are a couple other um, books I think over there. Uh, yeah, there's Black Beetle, which I skimmed. Seems interesting. It's really cool. The Francisco, art is great, Fran- <laughs> of course. Francesco Francovia. This is published by Dark Horse. 
which I really liked. Uh, the Hunted? Threshold Presents The Hunted? I, I don't know what this is, that. but it's interesting. It's kind of got this Running Man vibe. I, again, skimmed it. I'm not huge on the on the dialogue from panel to panel, but I like the story overall. Mm-hmm. Um, what, else? what else? What else? Oh, Savage Wolverine is not in this pile. Oh, that's right. But that totally came out this week. How was that? Good. Uh, I love Frank Cho's art. What can I say? Uh, Sir? I know he tends toward, let's say, cheesecake, if we're going to be hit the nail on the head, but... um, Yes, Corey, that would be a great way to describe his work. (laughs) Uh, But it's interesting. Wolverine is is trapped in the Savage Land. Uh, A shield vessel went down with Shauna on Mm -hmm. it for bizarre reasons. (laughs) Um, It's it's an excuse for Frank Cho to draw Shauna and Velociraptors. There we go. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you are into... That's his favorite thing to do. Yep. If that sounds like what you're into, then you will love this book. Um, Ultimate Comics Iron Man. We had uh, Freelancers from Boom Studios, the third issue of Freelancers. Comeback um, uh, is an image book. The Highways by IDW. Ravagers, issue number eight, came out. And a new book from DC called Insurgent. uh, First issue of that. Mind the Gap. I have to remember to talk into the microphone. I'm really sorry. This is going to be awesome. Mind the gap. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to have somebody come. Why can't I hear you? Because I'm dumb and I forget to talk into the microphone. And X-Men number 40. X-Men is a weird book. It's too weird. I, like, where does this book take place? Who knows? Who cares? Uh, you know what? Good point. <laughs> where's Mohawk Storm? That's, yeah. that's what I want She's coming. Know. Can't wait. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty excited about that, too. All right. We have questions. And Avengers Assemble, which we, which I really wanted to read but didn't get the chance to before it sold out. Um, Is there any news? I feel like there was news. Yeah, we had a thousand interviews on Comic Line this week. There was that. Ridiculous. There's the whole thing with Superman family. That's unfortunate. That was pretty big. Yeah. Let's see. What else happened this week? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind don't of feel remember. like nothing else, really. <laughs> I no. can't think of anything. Not that much. Not that much. Nah. Um, we had a lot of previews. Marvel's been putting out a lot of previews. Yeah, no kidding. We got that new picture of uh, Wolverine. Well, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine from right. the movie. Um, trying to think. What else, really? I'm not sure. Oh, Joss Whedon's kind of almost done with... Um, or he's not almost done, but he started on... Writing the Avengers 2 script. Ooh. So he's got an idea for what to do there. And he said that Fantastic. he's going to focus on fleshing out the stories. So maybe we'll finally find out what happened in Budapest. <gasps> that would be cool. Um, interviews with Francis Manipal about The Flash and Brian Bicciolato. Mm-hmm. We had um, Thanos is returning this April. That's pretty big news. I'm, I'm pretty excited about mm-hmm. that. He's one of my favorite villains. We got our first look at Age of Ultron. First yeah. issue of that. Um the Shield TV show is apparently being fast tracked. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, plenty of stuff, <coughs> plenty of cool things uh, to check out. Yeah. Now on to some questions. Use the questions. We are cooking. We're good, huh? Look at us. We are speeding. Are we speeding? We are a bit. It's only like one twenty. When did we start recording? Like twelve, twelve thirty ish. Kind of got through these pretty fast. I know. We missed we miss several, though. Yeah, like there's several, unfortunately. There's, there are several books that we actually didn't pick up this week. But yeah. um, this is from Ironhawk22. Forgive me if I read this already. I don't think I did. Um, 
Is that part of the question or is that you saying? No, this is me saying okay. that. <laughs> Pretty sure we didn't. We didn't. Well, I wasn't here last week, so if it's a last week question, I won't be able to uh, to correct it. Um, I'm worried to start. Uh. And then, like, <laughs> oh, I no. know, right? Okay, I'm going to start here. We could start at the end and work our way back. I don't know. That might be a bad idea. That might be. <laughs> I thought about that. I'm like, well, I'll just start with the Twitter stuff. All right. Okay, so... This is a comment from Dr. Avia on Twitter. Alrighty. Uh, some ideas for the next podcast. After reading Avengers, uh, Avenging Spider-Man number 16, my guess is Parker's ghost will eventually possess a clone just in time for a new clone saga and Amazing versus Superior. What do you think? Nah. <laughs> I think Marvel's learned their lesson with the clone saga. I don't think, I don't think they're in a hurry to, I don't know. to open up that There's old There's a certain wound. Spider-Man issue this week that featured a clone in it. It's true. There they is. like to clone things. They do. Who knows? That yeah. That is an interesting way to. Uh, I still say Ben Riley's coming back. I All refuse right. to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. No, forget it. He's coming back with the hoodie. Forget it, man. He's going to ride a dinosaur, and Spock's going to be with him, and it's going to be awesome. Get out, Corey. That's not happening. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm hi, an insider. <laughs> hi, guy and girl. In TV, it often happens that a new show comes out. That Who is this? Wait. Who's the? We Derek Brunel. Fantastic. In TV, it often happens that a new show comes out that's very much of the current zeitgeist, becomes instantly popular, but gets canceled relatively quickly, like Alias, Dark Angel, and Ugly Betty. <laughs> I never watched Ugly Betty. I never watched any of those shows. Hmm. Are there any comics that you think are really now, but will feel dated in a year or two years' time? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. Hmm. That is hard to say. I think any comic that's like constantly making references. Yeah. I mean it's it's also hard to say because it it wouldn't feel dated now. Sure. It will it will feel dated in a year, but it's exactly. it's hard to it's hard to think like what's going to feel dated in a year because mm-hmm. we're we're still too close to it. Exactly. Um Yeah, I can't really think of anything off the top of we, my we head. We can come back to that question. Yeah. Why not? I heard Ultimate Psylocke is back. Yes. She's in Didn't Ultimate Didn't we X-Men. see her corpse in that Ultimate X-Men Requiem issue? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> that happened. She might, she might have a new body, you know? That new was always body. her thing. A new body. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> why do you, what do you guys think of um, MMORPGs? I'm not the biggest fan. I've been playing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic online recently and enjoying it, but it was totally unnecessary making this game an MMORPG because it's basically yes. still a single-player campaign <laughs> like the first two. For PC gamers, it seems like um, MMORPGs are almost... The only games getting released these days, and it's annoying. Ah, uh, you get plenty. You get the best ports, though, so quit your belly aching. I love ports, man. Um, I I liked MMOs a whole lot more before I got a full-time job. <laughs> um, they are so time-consuming. My God. Yeah, I played the hell out of City of Heroes, which actually you know, recently... There's a funny story. I was reading io9, I think it was, last week. Mm. There was a guy, a, a, like, there was a Japanese boy, um, actually not a boy, like maybe 25. Okay. So, I was like, wait, a girl? So or... a young man. Right. At this point, living with his father, mm-hmm. dad says, dude, you play World of Warcraft all day, every single day. That is all you do. He wakes up in the morning, plays World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. and then like goes to bed sometimes. Sometimes he eats. Right. Basically, he spend, spends all his time doing that. Yeah. Dad is like, fine, whatever. 
I know how to get you off the computer. So he went and tracked down all the people that play this game with this kid, uh-huh. okay, with his son. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm going to pay you guys to kill my son's character <laughs> over and over again wow. to get him to find a job. How awesome is that, Jeez. Dad? Dude, I That's would totally, hilarious. if I had a kid, I'd be like, screw this, man. I'm totally going to kick your yep. butt. I need to censor myself. That's I'm t- going to kick your butt, but I'm going to get your friends to do it. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing. That's really funny. Isn't that like... It's kind of funny that they went for it, too. It's awesome. Like, really? Not one of his friends was like, no, I am loyal to him, and you can't get me to turn no. on him. No, I will man. Be, uh, I will be forever so his Every time he went companion. on to, to play, he'd be like like bombarded by people just like... <laughs> That's amazing. Killing him, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I never got into WoW that much. Um, I tried to get into to Knights of the Old Re- or to the Old Republic. It didn't. It didn't really grab me. Um, nothing has really grabbed me since City of Heroes, and that was because I was lucky enough to find a couple of like-minded individuals to play with. Um, <clears throat> which was funny because I actually like. And here's okay. Here's how I can see the appeal of MMOs. I basically became friends with these two because I saw one of them in the public channel and they had a screen name that was a reference to one of my favorite episodes of mystery science theater 3000. Mm. And so I just like sent him a message. was like, Oh, that's a great his, uh, screen name. And the guy was like, Oh yeah. And we just started chatting and then, yeah, we just, cause it, they do get a lot better when you're playing with other people. Like it, it's more, it's a lot more fun that way, but it's also not my, chosen way that i usually play games i play way more single player than i do multiplayer mm-hmm. although thanks to mass effect 3 that's actually becoming less and less of a, the case why you i love the multiplayer in mass effect 3 do you really yeah i i find it incredibly addictive <laughs> um but yeah so i like them but i'm i never really get in, that into them i actually i don't like to play with others so mm. i i don't like to share <laughs> so so i no i'm just joking Aww. i've never really gotten into that and i'm not a pc gamer so right. i um can't really answer that question yeah I'm sorry okay <laughs> um are there any series you prefer to wait for trade for i've gotten both fatal and trade in trades not read the second one yet but i can't imagine enjoying that series the same way in single issue format you know what i totally agree with you yeah that series is really, really good. I okay. still have to read it. I really oh, do. Oh, man. You need to read it like tomorrow. I know. Both issues are out. Or both volumes are out. freaking awesome. I have no more excuses. But I have to say, I completely agree. I think in its collected format, it's a way better series. I think most books are, to be honest. For um, sure. I think it takes a really, really deft hand to uh, craft a story that is good issue to issue. I think actually Saga does that amazingly. Mm-hmm. I think Saga is great from one issue to the next and in trade. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the things that makes that title truly amazing. It's actually not jar- a jarring experience or anything when you read uh, Fatal in single issues. Because I, I, I review, I think I've reviewed like every issue of Fatal. I believe so, you have. Um, it's, it's good. It works. But in collect in a collected format, I think it, it would just be a different experience. Another volume, actually, we got the Wonder Woman trade, which I reviewed this week. Mm. Volume two. Right. That series collected reads so much better. I bet, actually, thinking back on it. It it just, it feels, it, it's such a fluid story. And yeah. it's fun as single issues go. You know, it's great. But sometimes I think it's, it's just it's just a more compelling story when you read it all at once. Speaking of which, did you see that fan art of the uh, short-haired warrior Wonder Woman that's Holy been floating around? Holy freaking crap, right? Yeah. Can you please make that her costume? Yeah. 
How awesome! Even is that? she can keep the long hair, but let's just have that as the costume. Seriously, that was badass with the, with the eagles on her yeah. shoulders. Yeah, and the gladius. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Yes, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, I had the weirdest weirdest thing happened to me this morning. So there was a guy that was waiting for the bus with me mm-hmm. like early this morning, and he was uh, wearing a Wonder Woman shirt, mm-hmm. but like had his jacket over it. I'm mm-hmm. like, is that a Wonder Woman symbol on it? <laughs> boys shirt like i would never think that would happen yeah so i'm like hey i like your shirt he's like oh do you like wonder woman i'm like yeah Yeah. so then we sat next to each other on the bus talked about comics like the entire way to work it was Awesome. awesome and then he actually showed me that picture because i hadn't seen it so it is very awesome i'm glad i brought it up then yes it is it is an amazing image i wish that they would redesign her costume and make her look like that so good. Also, they—I think I read about it on an IO9 article, and that they had a link to that guy's Deviant Art page, and he has some other really great work. So, Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that There's up. There's also the guy who made Mass Effect characters into Dragon Age characters. What? Yeah, look up Mass Effect as Dragon Age. It's got like medieval-looking fantasy Mass Effect. That characters. sounds pretty amazing. It's great. Um, Garrus is amazing. He has oh my hand- god, I love Garrus. He has a handheld crossbow and an eye patch. <laughs> Oh, we can. I love Garrus. <laughs> okay. Everybody loves Garrus. My femme shop loves Garrus. <laughs> Are there Just any... enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are there any series... This is still Derek Brunel. Are right. there any series you prefer to wait for trade for? I've gotten both Fatal Trades, oh. not read the second one yet, but I can't imagine enjoying... Oh, oh. I just read that. Yeah, I was like... You're like trying familiar. to cut me off. <laughs> uh, Sarah... Uh, Sorry. Humana, humana. I also need some coffee. I'm really tired. <laughs> Which okay. is weird because you're actually quite energetic. It's my overtired. Because <laughs> I'm overtired. All right. Comic Fine team. This is from John Rodriguez, Johnny Joker 28. On one of the recent podcasts, someone mentioned Brian K. Vaughn included in his contract for Saga that it could not be optioned for a movie. Saga is one of my favorite books right now, and I think it would make a great sci-fi movie. So this nude made me a little sad. My question is, if they're making a movie and you had to cast Alana and Marco, who would you cast? I would cast Rosario Dawson as Alana. That is such a good cast. I can see that, yeah. Not sure who I'd cast as Marco, though. Donald Glover. Um, <laughs> that mm. is... I hmm. Marco. I guess you could cast Donald Glover. I was mostly joking, but I don't think he has the build for it. No. <laughs> no. But I've actually seen him when he acts dramatically, and he's he's surprisingly good as a dramatic no, actor. No, I, I mean, I think that he's really... Um, Mystery Team was a very funny movie. He's got a very broad range. Mm-hmm. He can do lots of cool stuff. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, see, I'm not, I don't like go to the movies anymore, so I'm not up on who is... Yeah. Currently acting. <laughs> I'm not sure. Why uh, not Andrew Keegan? Talk about dated. <laughs> See, I don't even know who that is. You don't? I don't. Oh my gosh, Andrew Keegan was the like football player guy in that movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, wow. Yeah, way long Oh, ago. spoiler alert. I haven't seen 10 Things I Hate About You. What? That's right. Tipping my Get hand. Get out, Corey. Right. Really? Yeah. Bye. I'll send in Dory Broder. <laughs> He sounds exactly like me, so it shouldn't be too jarring. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> An issue one of Daredevil End of Days, which I'm loving. Yes. 
Daredevil kills Kingpin before he is murdered by Bullseye. Did Daredevil ever kill Kingpin, or is it that totally outside continuity like the rest of the book? It's completely outside continuity. Yeah, if it did happen, what storyline or issue numbers? Okay, so this is a future story. So this is just like, hey. Even the flashbacks take place in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Brian Bendis, you are allowed to do whatever you want. Yup. And this, and then he went crazy. I also do love, uh, I love Matt Murdock. Just kind of like you could hear the desperation in his voice, where he was like, "I tried everything else for sure." Like this, you, I didn't just do this. Like, yeah, I, ah, I know. <laughs> just the frustration and desperation in his voice. It was just that again combination of writing and art of in his body language of just his so exasperated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, this is a question from Tobin. Hey, I was wondering if you've ever played the video game Beautiful Joe. Yes. Did you ever make comics of it? Oh, this is... Wait, what? Did they ever make oh, did they? comics for it? Hmm, I don't I know. feel like they did. I feel like there must have been a manga. I know they made a cartoon. Did they really? It was kind of wonky, but really funny. Let me know. I love that you, you have a running joke about Greg Land. It makes me chuckle. <laughs> what else has Tony Moore done? Uh, Fear Agent, Battle Pope. Um, those are those are the two that immediately come to mind. Hold on, Google. <laughs> yeah. Tony Moore. Um, what was the first part of this question so I can answer that while you're doing that? Um, oh, if there was ever a comic for Beautiful Joe. I yeah. don't know, but I feel like there should have been. I feel like there almost must have been. Agreed. The Extermination, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. What else has he done? Uh, I really can't actually uh, speak enough good speak enough good things. Uh, say enough good things about uh, Corey. Fear what are you agent. doing over there? I just appear to be having a series of elaborate seizures. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Fear Agent is also written by Rick Remender, so I believe that was kind of the book that got his foot in the door in terms um, of comics. Sadly, I'm not crazy about what's going on. Oh, in in like other Remender books right now. No. No, he's What's, writing Captain America. Yeah. Right? Which is just okay. And then he's doing that other book where... Um, he's writing... Scarlet Witch is in it. Oh, Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not loving that. It's I'm a little lukewarm on that. Oh, but his X-Force run was so amazing. <laughs> that last issue was so heartbreaking. Oh my gosh. How many alliterations of character names can you name in a minute? Peter Parker, Matt Murdock, Clark Kent. Um, not that many, it turns out. Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, sure, I'll take it. Um, um, I almost called her Diana Ross just now. Yes! <laughs> no. That's not her name at all. Um Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner, there we go. I'm really bad at this. Uh, Scott Summers. Uh, it's not as frequent as people think. Like, yeah, comics get, so. comics kind of, especially Stan Lee gets a lot of flack for that, but it's really not that many. Like, Tony Stark isn't an alliterative name. No. Uh, I wasn't timing us, by the way, but no. you, you did good, like, the first three. Yeah, no. Good job, First Corey. three, just banging them out. Yeah, but Corey after wins that, this Reed Richards. Round. Reed Richards. <laughs> Sue Storm. Sue Storm. There we go. Okay. Ben Grimm is kind of an internal. But anyway, I don't, I don't know, man. Anyway, good question, Tobin. Yes. 
Um, this is from Tim Dog. You may have already touched on this earlier in the show, but I wanted to get your take on the slicing and dicing of body parts in Savage Wolverine number one, which is the only, which is a comic we don't have in the office. It's true. Um, I haven't read a solo Wolverine book in over five years, so I'm not sure if that has always been taking place or not. I'm going to assume this was pretty violent. Yeah, there was there was like a two-page spread where Wolverine goes berserk and, whoa, yeah, there is some slicing and dicing. I didn't hate it, but it just took me by surprise that Marvel would have no problem showing that nowadays. Well. So let's think back to <laughs> old man Logan for a second. Oh, oh, oh God. I want to talk about what I, when I read that series, I was like, what? That was a graphic book. Exactly. So to answer your question, I'm not so surprised. Yeah. Americans in general have a much easier time with violence than they do sex and swearing. Why so. is that? It goes back a long ways. Everybody should just love each other, man. It's not even the the Puritans get blamed for it a lot, but it actually is less the Puritans and who were actually surprisingly sexually liberated. But that's another story for another time. Uh, it's more the Victorian era. What is this podcast turning into? So I'm telling you, Tony's not here to steer the rudder, and we're just a couple of nutballs. So, <laughs> so true. I wonder how the French feel about sex and violence. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence O'Neill asks, what do you think of the Superman-Wonder Woman romance? I love it. Me too. You know, I thought I was going to hate it because and it's so obvious. Yeah. It's so on the nose. It's so like... Ah, uh, duh. They'd be together. Yeah. No, Alan Moore again in that... Again, wow. Same story for the man who has everything. Wonder Woman actually kisses him at the end, which is kind of weird because I believe he was with Lois at that point. Uh and it's oh. not a pl- it's not a platonic kiss either. It's like Infidelity, a kind of shmin- romantic shmin- kiss. And she actually asks, "Why don't we do that more?" And I think he says, "Ah, it's just too obvious." Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I remember this panel. Yeah. Because um, everybody started talking about it when you know it was announced that these two were going to get together. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I actually like it too. And yeah. it's, it's been sort of sweet, you know, their interactions and just and that's sweet. why. It's because it's been sweet. It's been, it's like they can relate to each other. Yeah, and and I think that that's, and I have to commend uh, Jeff Johns for this mm-hmm. because obviously he's the master behind this sure. idea, um, putting them together and writing it in a way that feels like it's like they're, they're, they're both they're both in a little bit of pain. That's mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what I'm getting, exactly. You know, and they're finding comfort in that common feeling of of not necessarily remorse but feeling sort of out of place from everyone else mm-hmm. and their environment and, the, and and everything around them yeah so i think it's sweet also batman's a pervert yes yes he is photo cub asks <laughs> what do you think uh comic book companies can do to boost sales on kids books <sighs> generally selling less than ten thousand dollars sell them in supermarkets yeah please. there you go sorry Corey. you own a comic no. store but <laughs> i i agree um, so I agree wholeheartedly. What was it? Superman and Family? Superman Family Adventures. Didn't that just get canceled? It did. Okay. If you sold that... People ain't so thrilled about that. If you sold that next to Archie Comics in a grocery store, every mom and dad with a kid in their shopping cart, mm-hmm. oh man, I want to read that. Yeah. Boost um, sales right away. Gone. Absolutely. There's that. Um, I mean, and we get a lot of people who come into the store and are like, I would need a comic for my kid. And so that's why I love having a comic like Superman Family Adventures. Mm-hmm. I love the Adventure Time comics, the My Little Pony, even Archie, even, you know, uh, the Marvel uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes comic. Like, there's a lot of great kids books, but yeah, they're not 
they're not out there. They're not where kids are necessarily. Because while we do get a lot of parents and kids in my particular run, of course, this is just purely anecdotal. It mm-hmm. is mostly, uh, like, let's say we actually have a fairly, our, our, our customer base skews fairly old. But even parents who come in are sometimes, like, looking for, you know, I want something for my 13-year-old. And the last thing a 13-year-old wants think, is a I think if book. I, like, if, if, <laughs> like, I think um, I'd probably sell them in, like, Target, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the, Department the, stores, grocery in the, stores. In the toy aisle. Mm-hmm. Like that makes so much sense to me. Like, yeah. Why don't they have Superman family adventures in, over there? You know? Excellent question. Which makes sense to me. So there you go. <laughs> that's what I think. That's what we think. Uh, Jay and Speck asks, do you think Scott Snyder hates horses? <laughs> no. I think, oh, man. I think, he, I think he was inspired by the horse in... Um, Undead Nightmare. Yes. Oh, right? I love those horses. Oh, my gosh. The four horses of the, the apocalypse. Of the apocalypse, exactly. And then the unicorn. The one that was on fire was the best one. It was. When I, oh, man. When I lost that horse, I could never get it again because nope. I didn't save it, you know? Yeah. So that was the best horse to have yep. because you just burn all the zombies. Yep. And it was so easy. Yep. And yeah. it was also, like, near indestructible. Exactly. It was amazing. Yeah. All the other ones kind of... Dunk. Death was okay because it would like kill anything in its wake, but yeah, pestilence and famine were. Mm-hmm. And then there was the unicorn, which I never got. I never got the unicorn because either. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't find Super the chupacabra. Bombed. Me neither. You have to kill. You have to do everything, and then you mm-hmm. find the unicorn. And I could never find the chupacabra. Damn it! I'm gonna play that this weekend. That's I think. So good. Guess what? Three days off. Woo! I'm playing video Lucky games. You. What do you think? What did you say? I said, lucky you. Ah, sure. I said, lucky you. What do you think will happen with Booster Gold after the events of JLI Annual? Oh, that's a series I haven't been reading. Wait, JLA? It's not out yet, is it? JLI. Oh, JLI. Oh. Uh I I don't know. So, yeah, I I don't know what's happening. It's hard to say, too, because um, I can't see him getting his own book. (laughs) Not so much. So, um, I mean, I definitely don't expect that that would happen. Um, yeah. I don't know. He'll probably pop up on like another, on another team. Like maybe he'll show up on JLA. Maybe he'll even pop up in regular Justice League. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're done with him, but yeah, I don't see him getting his own solo series. I kind of want to go backwards <laughs> on the uh, yeah. on the site questions. I forgot to ask Tony because he's usually the one that reads these, and right. I'm like trying to like go back in my head. Like, did I read this? Did right. I answer this question? Um, well, you could just go like to the ones that were posted before seven days, or yeah, before seven days ago. There's one from there. one week three three days ago. Wait, one week and three days? That's like ten days. Yeah. You would. But I'm I'm thinking maybe. Oh, we probably did get to that one. Yeah. Edited one week five days ago. Two mm. weeks. Two weeks. That's too far. All right. Turn back. We'll Turn back. Go, Turn back. We'll just go to. We'll just go to like a week. Yeah. Ago. I think that's safe. Except okay, edited one week ago. Uh, this isn't a question, just an observation. Tony and Sarah, you guys have been wondering about the continuity uh, between Wonder Woman's title and the rest of the DCU. This is Postman. All right. This spread from Justice League number ten shows a bit. Oh yeah, huh? The panel circled uh, shows Wonder Woman embracing a petrified Hippolyta. This is hmm. the last scene from issue four of Wonder Woman. Interesting. Weird. Which means issues nine through 12 of Justice League must take place after Wonder Woman one through four. Uh, 
that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you don't you don't think so? I, I think she's still like, and I mean, this could just be the different writing styles, but she's still a little bit starry eyed in uh, Injustice League for how like hardened and grounded she is in her own title. I think it's just because Azarello is writing a different kind of Wonder Woman. Yeah, that that very well could be. Um, but I agree with you. <laughs> just thought you guys would find it interesting. In, 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 interesting. Hello, let's talk, please. <laughs> Can <Word>. we talk? It's <laughs> my terrible Joan Rivers impression. <laughs> I met her once. Really? Yeah. How was it? Interesting. She seems like a neat lady. I uh, I was working because I used to live in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I was waiting tables, and the she came in actually, wow. and she ordered nothing off the menu. She had <gasps> asparagus. Wow. Steamed asparagus oh. barf oh. in my mouth. Uh, why would you go out to have that? Uh, you can steam your own asparagus. I think, I think she's just like really watching her figure, I guess. I guess. Just thought you guys would find it interesting. Interesting. Oh, I can't say this word. Interesting. James Tiny in the fourth did an interview with Newsarama. Who? What? What's Newsarama? I don't know. Okay. Sound like a bunch of jerks. Confer- no, Corey. Right. Corey no. Down. I'm no. throwing down. No, you're not. Come on. Come nope. at me, Newsarama. Nope. Confirming that uh, he's... Oh, by the way, do you watch Archer? I do. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Have you seen... Okay. A friend of mine showed me this yesterday. Let's get off on another tangent. <laughs> Uh-oh. A friend of mine showed me this last night. Have you seen the Archer pilot episode where Archer is replaced with a velociraptor? What? No. And it's not just him. It's the all the dialogue is taken out and replaced with roars. Are you kidding but me? But nothing else has changed. Everyone's reactions to him are exactly the same. <laughs> and nobody, like, mentions the fact that he's a dinosaur now. Oh it is hilarious, and it makes the sex scenes so much weirder. <laughs> it's so funny. I I love that show. Oh, it yeah. Is, it is highly inappropriate. Oh, yeah. But extremely entertaining. I Yeah, that show is incredible. It's got three amazing Actually, seasons. I like uh, Bob's Burgers, too. Bob's Burgers is great. It is so funny. I, I so resisted that show when I first saw it. I was like, this show looks so like, dumb, but I then to, I have to watch everyone it. in my life was like, Bob's Burgers is great, dude. You need to start watching it. Yeah, it's like, really okay. fun. All these people whose opinions I respect are saying it's amazing. And I watched it, and they were right. It's great. It is. John Benjamin is hilarious. He is so good. Somehow not worn out his welcome. No. Um, <laughs> James Tidy in the Fourth did an interview with Nisaroma. <laughs> confirming that he's taking over Red Hood and the Outlaws in issue 19. What do yes. you guys think of this? I think it's great. Me too. I think if someone, if Scott Lobdell has to step down, then he could not have left it in better hands. Completely agree. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> I like uh, what James is doing, to be honest. So mm-hmm. it's great. And, he's, great. and he's a really young writer, too, yeah. which is cool. He's, I think he might be younger than I am, which is <sighs> kind of crazy. I'm not sure. Well, now sure. he's a jerk, and I hate him. No. <laughs> no, I don't. But um, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, he's he's sort of like this really young guy, like fresh fresh face, fresh out of college, and mm-hmm. he's he's living the dream, you know? Yeah, kind of no writing. kidding. He got to write Batman with <coughs> Scott Snyder. Yeah. I mean, who gets to do that? You want to talk about living the dream? No one. <laughs> no one gets to do that. James Tinney in the fourth gets to do that. Exactly. That's who. Um, Mesmero. Okay, this user sent me... A really interesting question. Okay. All right. I'll put my interesting question hat on. Um, that I didn't really get to talk about last week, but mm. I wanted to. Okay. Um, and I thought it was just fascinating. Do you want to ask that question then? And well, then we'll uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to collect my thoughts, Corey. Collecting <laughs> my thoughts. Um, so I think he asked, and I don't have the question in front of me, so if I'm stuttering and babbling, that's why. Um, 
artificial intelligence in comics in the Marvel universe specifically, Mm -hmm. I think was the question, uh, is always modeled after men or male characters. Male characters are the only ones that have created AIs. Okay. They've created. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but there's Jocasta, there's Eva. But Eva was not, I guess. Did didn't didn't Eva just like take the personification of a a woman? Didn't she just? Im- I mean, she yes, but she I mean, was she was separate from Phantom uh, X. Yeah, well, uh, she's like I don't. Was Eva a? a well, she's woman? his ship, right? Well, so she was always feminized because he always referred to her as in the in the female. Okay. Pronoun. And who created her Weapon X program? Yeah. So, no, I'm saying, like, that's why I'm saying created, yes, because Jocasta was also created by Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. Or was she created by Ultron? I actually had this discussion recently. Who created Jocasta? I don't know. <laughs> Where's Tony? Yeah, exactly. Because it was like, was Jocasta built by Hank Pym or by Ultron? Shoot. And if it was by Ultron, then was she technically created by a male? Because Ultron is essentially genderless. <laughs> uh, Ultron. Okay. Although I guess he built her wow, to be a Wow, this picture of so Jocasta on... Look at that crap. Whoa! Right? <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> uh, it looks like something you'd see on Extra Girls. <laughs> anyway, let me... All right, uh, so what, what is the... Let me, uh, let me, no, that was a question. Have they created... Oh. And I couldn't answer it. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess Ultron would be male or would be masculine if he built Jocasta to be a bride. Um, Ms. Mero asked, in the DC universe, are fungi part of the green or the rot? They possess characteristics that resemble the rot, but are still life forms produced from the earth, much like the green. That's a fantastic question, and I have no idea. Yeah. They haven't really addressed it. In Animal Man, it's said that creatures like flies can exist within both the red and and the rot. So it's also plausible to think that something closer to the green could do the same. Yeah. I would think so. I, I actually mean, wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a plot point in our world. <laughs> I think I think I think it would be the green. I think it would I think he's got it. I think it would be like flies where it's both. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's right. They come from rot, but mm-hmm. they are life. So, wow, yeah, that I if that isn't prominently featured at some point, I'm actually going to be a little disappointed now. <laughs> Thanks, Besmero. Or maybe Mesmero should just pitch his idea. Maybe Mesmero is Scott Snyder. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Uh, Child of the Dark Phoenix. Sorry for the doom and gloom question, guys. Uh God forbid anything happens to G-Man, but if something (gasps) does and he's no longer able to be editor-in-chief of Comic Vine, what would happen? Would the site just be shut down? Would Sarah take his place? I hate her. Would (laughs) CBS hire someone new? Um, Probably going to go with CBS would hire someone new. Yeah. To take his place. Unless they want to give me a raise. (laughs) <laughs> or um, me for that matter or you Corey. <laughs> don't worry tony's not going anywhere he's just nah. on vacation this week that's right spinistro Spin- <laughs> uh, oh. says hey guys big fan of the site and podcast but one thing i'm not a huge fan of is the art of mike allred <gasps> blasphemy go never come back that's it um just kidding I assume Tony has already deleted this message, kicked me off the site, and sent his personally trained League of Assassin ninja bots to make my friends and loved ones rue the day of my grievous miscarriage of justice and or taste. Sorry, Mom. Oh, my goodness. That was really funny. That was. 
But look, I know you guys love him, and it seems like almost the entirety of the online community openly weeps beneath the glory of Allred's <laughs> nigh-messianic status as the best thing to come to comics since Staples. But I just don't get it. To me, his stuff looks unrefined. His characters are like something a teenage girl might draw on the Valentine's Day card to her comics-loving boyfriend, while his use of perspective is just bonkers. I guess intentionally so? Yes, intentionally so. Indeed. I understand it's not supposed to be realistic and that it harkens back to a simpler age with what I'm guessing is a knowing nod to the pop art styles of, say, Lichtenstein. Yes. But these things do not, for me, make for a good comic book visual direction. Still, I respect others' opinions about such matters, particularly ye good folks at the Vine, which brings me to my question. You're not going to win any arguments on the internet with that attitude. You know what? (laughs) I love this kid. Yeah. Whoever this, whoever you are, you are awesome for this post. Understanding that this kind of thing is subjective to the viewer. Could you please tell me why, aesthetically, I should appreciate the art of Mike Allred? Oh, where's Tony? I know, right? This is a Tony question. Should I be appreciating it through. in some sort of nostalgic and ironic way? Exactly. It's are not they, ironic. It's <laughs> not ironic, but it's nostalgic. Yeah, it's nostalgic, but it's also he works with people and he does a lot of his own writing as well who mm-hmm. write around that strength like mm-hmm. ff has a very not dreamy but a very detached almost surreal quality to it dreamy yeah also um ab- abstract yeah right yeah absolutely I mean, well i mean madman is and also extremely abstract i mean even if you can't appreciate all style maybe you can appreciate his attention to detail in yeah. the sense that there are always details within the pictures that he draws. He also draws right? very expressive faces. So, like, for example, <laughs> there's this great panel in, I think it was FF or Fantastic Four. FF? Probably FF then, because yeah, uh, yeah, Bagley does FF. Fantastic right, Four. Right, exactly. Thank you. Where um, he draws Medusa, and there's a heart. He made he created right. a heart with her hair, and inside the heart is, like, a thought bubble of of her and, and Black Bolt. Yeah. Right? You don't see stuff like that mm-hmm. in, in traditional comic book art. You know, in, in that sense, maybe you can appreciate the fact that Allred is doing more than just depict an illustration of what is happening at that moment in that comic. He's also illustrating what's going on beneath the surface of the text. It's almost, and this is, this is going to sound way too, way too grandiose, but it's almost four-dimensional art. Yes. There's like another layer yeah there's like it's it's really really multi-layered art Mm -hmm. and i understand that's not exactly what the fourth dimension means blah 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 but it is like no you're right it's like there's thought and like it's like thoughts are visible but not in the traditional comic way of of yeah like putting it in a thought bubble Mm -hmm. i think i think the abstractness of it and the fact that he's able to create a dialogue with his art within the story yeah you know is is fantastic like that is that is essentially what I love about Allred. And so I'll be honest, go. like I didn't love Allred the first time I saw his stuff in Mad Men, you mm-hmm. know, but I think I learned to appreciate him because you have to look a little bit deeper when you look at his work. And check out his uh, his one shot of Daredevil because mm-hmm. that was that was that was just mind blowingly amazing. I'm sure Tony would have a lot more to say on this topic and Indeed. I'm sorry he's not here to answer your question. If we remember, we should totally ask him next yeah, week. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. This is not done this question. 
<laughs> I don't know, but I want to understand to draw and maybe begin appreciating his art in some way, especially because it is largely keeping me away from things like FF, which you should not be away from. No. The story of which I otherwise really enjoy. I also think he seems like a pretty solid dude, having heard interviews with him previously. If anyone can convince me of the merits of All Red's art, it's you guys. I'm hoping you can instill the same appreciation in me that my college art history professor did for modern art back in college. I don't like modern art either. Yeah, I don't either. I love Caravaggio and Rembrandt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, okay. Did he say that he uh, he is he himself is an artist? He I, I think he mentioned he'd like to. Yeah, okay. Well, here's something that uh, Hunter Thompson actually used to uh, take his favorite novels and type them out himself to sort of put himself in the writer's mindset. So give it a shot. Give a shot of like drawing a few all red panels. Mm. Like it might help you get into that mindset and it might help you notice details that you didn't notice before. Um, many thanks for any lessons in modern comic book art you could convey here. And again, thanks for doing such an amazing job on the site and Vinecast. Thank you. Boom. Um, hope that was a good answer. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we answered that fairly satisfactorily. If you have, oh, this is my, oh, and who was this user? Spinestro. Spinestro? Yes. I I'm love it. follow him right now because he's awesome. <gasps> Um, Maj, Maj Dave, Majid Javed. Ooh. If you Easy could, for you to say. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you could have one celebrity narrate your comics, who would she or he be? For me, it would be Morgan Freeman. And if you could have any artist to draw your comics, who would he or she be? Um, I'm assuming this is a James question. But Maybe. if we were... Yeah, why not? Uh, you know, hypothetically writing comic books. Uh, I would have Ron Perlman... Uh, narrate mine. That would be so awesome. Yeah. I heard. I would have Liam Neeson. Nice, nice. Um, as for artists, Corey. I mean, I, I've always said Stefano Caselli is my favorite working artist right now. So I think I'd probably Adam, stick with him. Adam Hughes. Nice. <laughs> that is a good one. Hey guys, first post, and yes, Tony, I'll be listening Ooh. even if you don't answer right away. Well, he's not going to answer at all. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I was wondering how much you think the average person, not professional comic book reviewers like you guys, probably spends on comics per week or month. <laughs> I make an okay living, but I noticed throughout November and December, I was spending over 50 bucks a week. Though some of that was Christmas shopping, and I decided maybe scale back. This is Zomboner. <laughs> nice name, man. Wow. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know, because I haven't had to buy my own comics in a really long time. I'll tell you what, again, Thankfully, just just from my own personal experience, the average person buys about uh, four titles a week. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good number. Well, wait, no, four titles a week. That's actually way too much. It's about four a month. <laughs> four a month? Yeah. we we Most of our box customers are five comics or fewer. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Also, Sarah, I bought my girlfriend the Supergirl's Fashion, Feminism, Fantasy, and the History of Comic Book Heroines for Christmas. Ooh. Have you ever read it, or can you recommend any other nonfiction related to the role of women in comics? Thanks. <laughs> any other nonfiction? There's the Mary Sue, That's <laughs> which is not necessarily a book, but a website. But yeah, I like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, I, uh, I, I need to think about that. Um, that sounds like a an interesting book. But I, yeah. I don't know. Hmm, I don't know. There is there is that interesting book, that guy who wrote about how 
comics are bad. I forget his name. <laughs> uh, and, you're going to have to narrow it down a little bit, and unfortunately. The, and like the Oh, the guy 40s? who wrote Seduction of the Innocent? Yes. Uh, I don't remember his name either. But I that actually, was I've, I've actually read that. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I bet. Um, so that, but that deals on a much broader scale and it doesn't really yeah. just focus on female characters. It's and, also a lot of half-truths and, and assumptions. And also really dated. Uh, but actually, here's a bit of interesting trivia about that book that I learned from the Comics History of Comics, which I continuously recommend on this very podcast. Um, is that that guy, because that book was responsible for the creation of the Comics Code. And the doctor who wrote that book was actually horrified by what that did because all that did was he wanted violence removed from comics. Mm -hmm. But what that did was remove the consequences of violence. Mm -hmm. So, like, you had people, you know, getting punched full on in the face and they weren't even, like, bruising or they weren't – there was no consequence for the violence. So it actually made it worse Mm -hmm. in his eyes. Mm -hmm. So he was – yeah, he actually wound up regretting the whole comics code thing to to the end uh, that's really interesting yeah because again and that that actually gives it a more interesting context because yeah it was he wasn't just interested in removing the blood he wanted to remove everything violence in general yeah but yeah so it's like when superman uppercuts someone into a building it's like oh no that should no people should be dying there that should be a horrible thing oh no this isn't mm-hmm. what i wanted <laughs> g-man and guests just wanted to say i love hey. the show <laughs> right <laughs> We're just guests. Yeah, apparently. I um, just wanted to say I love the show. I was hoping you could give me some suggestions on independent titles to get into. I'm oh, in the boy. Navy and I'm getting ready for deployment. Thank you for your service and good luck, Woo. sir. I would love suggestions for any material. I already love Walking Dead, Haunt, Thief of Thieves, Fatal, and just started American Vampire. How are you reading three Robert Kirkman books and you're not reading Invincible? There you go. <laughs> I feel like there have to be more books out there. I'm just not hearing about it. My second question is... How do you feel about the new Talon series? It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Really liking it. Um, what do you think will happen when Batman and Talon finally meet? Clash. Yes. I think there will be a fight, but then they'll wind up getting along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could have him team up with anyone in the Bat family, excluding Batman, to take down the Court of Owls, who should it be? Damien. Yeah? I think that would be hilarious. Really? I think it would be hilarious. Just for the just for how funny I think it would be hmm. to see Calvin Rose and Damien team up. <laughs> that would be kind of funny, actually. Yeah. I think it might be cool with Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was my first thought, but then I was just like, it would be too funny for me to pass up yeah. Damien and uh, and him. Um, as for... Saga, again. Saga, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great book. Um, you're already reading Fatal. What about Hellboy? Like, Hellboy in Hell? Yeah, I've been hearing he just, great things about that. I mean, he th- like that just relaunched, but I'm guessing if you want... If you're get, going away for deployment, you, right. you need to trade. They're like... 12 volumes for you to buy so <laughs> yeah I've oh been... speaking of that the goon yes the goon is awesome and hilarious exactly it is very very funny it is really good um I'm trying to think what else is in trade i love fables mm-hmm. fables trades were my fables favorite. lost me after volume 10 though really after the the uh, well i guess spoiler alert no, after, don't spoil after the main adversary storyline wrapped up that's gotcha. what i'll say that that is when I stopped reading it, and then the book like kind of relaunched, and I, yeah, it just didn't grab me like it used to. Hmm. <laughs> um, I hope that was okay. Puppet Master seventy five. Oh, Transmetropolitan. Yes. Yes, that's got ten volume. Well, eleven if you count the the zero volume, but it's great. It's it's really standalone. That's all you need. It is no longer ongoing, but it's it's amazingly entertaining. That's no Sandman's Vertigo. 
But everybody yeah. should read Sandman. But so is uh, Transmet. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Absol Strike. So, my question is particularly about Snyder's new character, Harper Rowe. I saw a question on the previous page about her, but it was a little bit more specific. This is more opinion and speculation. I absolutely love the direction of the character and how she was slowly introduced. She somewhat strikes me as a very similar character to Tim Drake. Being Batman goes into turmoil and isn't the same after a certain event, and Tim Harper, Tim slash Harper, pull him out of it. Actually, yeah, I totally see the resemblance yeah. between Harper Rowe. Yeah, when you put Drake. it like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the examples being Tim helped Batman after he realizes he's not the same after Jason Todd's death. And accordingly to summary of number 18, I don't think it's, oh, maybe upcoming issue. Harper helps Batman deal with the events after death of the family. Now, uh-oh. <laughs> now, seeing uh-huh. the way she's being introduced slowly, I'm almost sure she's being lined up into the Bat family. Maybe. I What's your opinion on Harper Rowe? I don't think Scott Snyder would introduce a new character if he had, didn't have a bigger, an idea for a bigger role for that character. Absolutely. Um, and in fact, I feel like Batman may be losing one very critical piece of his support network that uh, Harper Rowe could possibly fill, fill the void. For. I agree. Do you think Harper Rowe will be a new addition to the Bat family? Yeah, I do. Probably. If so, what mantle would she take on? Perhaps a completely new guys. Maybe. You know, Maybe. It's, it's hard to say, but I think that... Um, she would fit well into an Oracle uh, role. Sure. I'm... I mean, she could be Batgirl. She could be, or Spoiler, even. <laughs> or even Robin. Which I know is Stephanie Brown, and I'm speaking blasphemy by even saying that someone mm-hmm. else could be Spoiler. But... Or, you know, Harper is interesting. I, I wouldn't mind just seeing her be her own person, mm-hmm. you know? So... Definitely that. Um, I feel like if the character does indeed die in Beth of, Death of Family story, I feel like it would open up some sort of position. No, I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, that is what mean, I was referring to. As mean as that sounds, but then I'm not sure a position could be filled like that in such a short amount of time. Well, not immediately. But if you take into account the five-year space between the Robins, <sighs> that's a whole different topic. Uh, have we more... mentioned how bad of an idea that is lately? Yes. <laughs> On a more fun note, hopefully this hasn't been asked. Do any of you guys have ships, OTPs? You should know what I mean. <laughs> Relationships that we love. Totally. <laughs> Thumbship and Gareth. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> you should know what I mean. I love the uh, dynamic between Harley and Poison Ivy. Hmm. Right now on the spot, think of the most wacky pairing ever. Oh, Hawkeye and Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Hawkeye oh, and Hawkeye. Oh, older man. Yeah. I love older men. I've heard that about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Corey. Oh, Sarah. Um, <clears throat> anyway. It's a farce. We're an idiot. <laughs> I know. We're so stupid. Um, I don't know. Let me think. You know what? I've not wacky pairing, but I've always liked Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson together. Yeah. I, that is my sh- number one ship, mm-hmm. I think. It's the one that, like, it's the reason I started reading comics. I'm like, I love them together so much. <laughs> and then Starfire came. She ruined everything. <laughs> so I actually, you know what? I wrote a whole article about it. I should probably bring it up. I loved uh, Daredevil and Black Cat. Yes. I thought that was a great pair. I really want to see those two together again. Yeah. They were so, it was such a sexy scene, oh, too. So cool. It was like the lawyer and the criminal and, ah. Loved it. So great. And they 
Yes. I wa- so, yeah, I really want to see that. You, you hear me, Mark Wade? I, I want to see that come back. We want more. Um, wacky pairing. You know what? When I was reading um, Chris Yost's Spider-Man book this week, what was it called? Avenging. Avenging? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was reading Avenging Spider-Man today, I'm like, what if this new Doc Ock Spider-Man hooked up with Storm? That would be interesting. Wouldn't that be bizarre? He did seem to be like he seemed a little, he, he seemed a little right? yeah, a little attracted. Yeah, I think that would Maybe be. Doc Ock can feel his temperature rising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> no, but I think it would be funny, right? Yeah. Especially after she's just been with like Black Panther. Mm. I'm gonna go for this lanky, mm. lanky guy over <laughs> this here. Lanky scientist. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, this question now it's is, Comic Vine after hours. <laughs> right? This question is particularly about the Joker and Harley's relationship. Do you sure. really think the Joker loves her? Of course not. No. Joker's inca- Joker is mentally the, incapable of love. The Joker, exactly. He's either A, incapable of love, or B, he's so obsessed with Batman that he's confusing love with obsession. Right. There was actually... Okay, hold on, though. There was one time when the Joker actually showed Harley... A decent amount of affection, affection, and he he did it by killing her. But uh, it was in the Emperor Joker storyline. Really? Mm-hmm. He uh, he turned her into uh, a constellation. A constellation. Yeah. It, it, the Emperor Joker it revolves around Joker somehow gaining omnipotent power. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and he uh, he because yeah Harley because he wanted to end the universe so that and and recreate it so that someone like him would never come to be. Uh, it was this really weirdly introspective moment on the Joker's part. Uh, this was written by Jeff Loeb mm-hmm. in the very early 2000s, I think. Oh, and he was... And yeah, it was just a really great storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he... Because he, Harley starts to question the whole like, hey, ending the universe, that doesn't sound great. And mm-hmm. then yeah, he kind of actually shows a bit of like sympathy and uh, and kind of a moment of tenderness and uh, turns her into a constellation. Weird. Yeah. I, I'm interested in reading this story. Yeah, it's great. It's I, really, really good. I don't like what the Joker Harley Quinn relationship represents, honestly. I don't think you're supposed to. Um, but I think a lot of people <laughs> like it. And, yeah. And I've never, I've never been like that. I think that it's representative of domestic abuse and yeah. a, of a woman who keeps going back to a man who d- doesn't really love her and Ooh. and just executes his his power over her because it it gives him that satisfaction Mm -hmm. and that is that isn't love you know not at all that's uh that's some somebody who's again yeah i think anyone who thinks that they have a functional relationship has a very screwed up idea of what a functional relationship is. absolutely so um to answer your question i don't think either of us really think that he loves her um so you said my particular view is that he usually abuses her while she is hopelessly in love with him. I think she's obsessed. I don't think she's in love either. Yeah. No, I mean, again. You, uh, I th- she, she's weak. Like she, I feel like she's been a broken character. And I, she, she's been made to feel like she needs him mm-hmm. to survive. But I don't know if she loves him. I think I brought this up two weeks ago. But I think Arkham Asylum had a recording of her and Joker's sessions that, that were what. Because she was originally a therapist in, in Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. And you find the interviews where, like, gradually you can see her becoming obsessed with, infatuated with the Joker. But it's clear from the start that he is just manipulating her. Mm -hmm. So that was actually really interesting. I'm not sure that has ever been touched upon. Like, how they originally... Except in, like, um, the film universe and stuff, right? 
film? And not film, but the cartoon? cartoon universe. I don't know. I don't know if there yeah, was ever... Yeah, there was a... Okay. They definitely did in Batman the Animated Series. Okay. There were... There was a lot of allusions to that. Okay. Um... I think the back issue of Batman number 13 really showed this. I remember my friend told me about some of the fan art she saw where Joker asks Harley to wear a Batman mask whilst in bed. Shit. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise Rule me. Rule 34. That wouldn't surprise me as something that happens off panel. Yeah. Yeah. Have and now you... we're going to talk about the Joker's sex drive again. It's been Woo! a while. <laughs> Have you guys, uh, this is big as a 215. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard anything at all about the ending of Spider-Man where Peter Parker searched for Miles Morales (laughs) online in the 616 universe? We're waiting with bated breath to see what the heck that was all about. We're all really excited. (laughs) Also, will you guys play Marvel Heroes online with me when it comes out? (laughs) I do. Yes. Totally. Answered the MMO question earlier. uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. I ain't got time to MMO. Nobody ain't got time for that. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? It was a YouTube video. It was so funny. Nobody ain't got time for that. <laughs> anyway, um, Sandman says, if you have an interview with Diggle, Lobdell, or Snyder, will any of them bring back Maxima and Cyborg Superman? Oh, ma- really, Maxima? Really? Really? Hey. Come on now. Hey, Corey. <laughs> Tone down the aggression. I'm sorry. Notches. I love Cyborg Superman, though. So. Crisis, we'll be sure to ask. Crisis, I don't think so, though. Crisis Red Hood asks, oh, long question. Oh, yeah, let's sum it up. <laughs> uh, there's eight of them. Jeez. <laughs> Nine. One for you. Corey, what is the name of your comic book store I might visit if I'm in the area? Two Cats Comic Book Store, 320 West Portal Avenue, San Francisco, California. Again? Through <laughs> Two Cats Comic Book Store. You can Google us and find the rest of it. <laughs> I just like saying it in that sleazy uh, voice. <laughs> okay. While on the topic. Mm-hmm. Of all new X-Men. Okay, wait, wait, wait. First of all, Tony, you were right. The two-page spread in all new X-Men was gorgeous. Yes. The last time I think you mispronounced my username was Chris Red Hood or Chris is Red Hood. It is Crisis Red Hood, but it's okay. I forgive you. While on the topic of all new X-Men, when do you think the present angel will make an appearance and how do you think the past angel will react? I think he's going to make an appearance right around issue four, I'm going to (laughs) say. And I think it's going to be wacky. I think past Angel is going to wonder about the metal wings. And future Angel isn't going to really, like, know what to say. But then they're going to just, like, both fly off together. I think, let's see how it works out. Holding, holding hands. Holding hands. (laughs) Uh, Two, I love Greg Capullo's work on Batman. Ditto. But if not him, who would you want on Batman with Scott Snyder? Someone else with 21-inch pythons. That's right. Greg Capullo looks great. Big guy. He is swole. <laughs> um, I had an ex-boyfriend who'd be like, I'm like, where are you going? It's like, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get swole. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, okay. Oh, that, that could mean any number of no, things. No, he's um, going to the gym. Uh-huh, oh, no. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway. Sonata. Do I need to make this an ex- a bad, Do we, a bad I podcast? I don't think. We have not even... Like, we're at PG-13 at most. Language, Corey. Double entendres. Yeah, but the, come on. Shrek makes double entendres. Anyway, um, um, who else could... Who would do it? Well, they, you, you know, know I actually wouldn't mind seeing Tim Sale. I know that's a... Oh, my gosh. That would be so good. Yeah, that's a pretty... 
standard yes. questions since he, or answers since he's already done so much Batman. But. And also, I think, oh man, I think his Batman would compliment. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be amazing. Because he does such great work with shadows. Or even, um, what is his name? He's doing Daredevil. Uh, Samney Rivera. No. Um, oh, Paulo Paul, Paul Rivera. Rivera. Yeah, that would be that would be really interesting. Yeah, Paulo Rivera on Batman. I could see be that. Pretty cool. Um, I found a little blurb in uh, Amazing Spider-Man number seven hundred. Is mm-hmm. quote Is Tim Tebow a mutant? <laughs> that made me laugh a bit. Tim is one of my heroes. That would be interesting. It would be. <laughs> so, if you can give any superstar athlete superpowers. Who would it be and what would his or her power be? Oh, you're requiring me to know anything about sports. Uh. I would give UFC lightweight, light heavyweight champ John Jones, not Martian Man Hunter, <laughs> bone claws. Of course, it would be upgraded to adamantium. Uh, I would give, you know what, I'll stick with MMA and give uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson a sonic uh, shout. I would give Wayne Gretzky wings. <laughs> <laughs> Metal ones. <laughs> What do you think will happen next in in Nightwing and Red Hood and the Outlaws? I, I don't know, but I'm excited because James Tiny in the fourth is taking over. Yep. Just uh, Red Hood, not not Nightwing. <laughs> correct. It seems like you talk about the identity of Lady Shiva every week in relation to Cassie. You guys suggest the Lady Shiva we saw in a few issues ago is Cassie's older sister. I, I think a user suggested that, actually. I don't think any of us ever made that argument. No, I don't, I don't think. Because I don't think either of us thinks that. Yeah. But what if the Lady Shiva in Nightwing number 13 and 14 is Cassie and she's brainwashed? Nope. No. Nice question, though. Yeah. I would like for that to be a thing, but it's not. <laughs> no. I think it's just Lady Shiva. Yeah. What do you think of the casting? The following. Hmm. James Franco as Dick Grayson Nightwing. Jensen Ackles as Jason Todd Redhood. I don't have a casting for the other two Robins. Karen Gillan as Barbara Gordon. Ham. Wait. Who's the actress in Zero Dark Thirty? Uh, Jessica Chastain. She. Barbara yeah. Gordon. Oracle. I can see that. Yes. Uh... Han Yun Jung as Cassandra Kane. I probably lost you on this one. Yun Jung is a Korean singer slash actress and take Taekwondo black belt. I think she can manage acting as Cassie. Sure, why that. not? Yeah. <laughs> How would Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo be, do on a Doctor Who comic? I think it would be insane. I think it would be dark. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> Last time I posted, I said I was working on a Red Hood costume. What do you think? Here it is. Awesome. I can't see Check it. Check it out, Corey. It's pretty I'm, cool. I'm, I, wow, that is good. Yeah. That actually, is really good. I really like uh, your costume. It yeah. is awesome. Also, the kid wearing a Deadpool costume is also awesome. Yeah. And Looks like Cor- the Gungam style Deadpool. Yeah, it has. Hey, Comic Vine. This is from Atomic. Hey, Comic Vine. Your podcasts are great and the highlight of my week. Thanks. Right. Tony says thanks, too. <laughs> Two questions here. What is the best guys. way to ship comic books? To ship? ship oh maybe he has to sell his or something yeah uh i would board them yeah up and bag them board them ship them and then put them in like those fedex envelopes mm-hmm. yeah it depends um, on how many you need to ship yeah that's true the manila envelopes with the padding on the inside tend to work really well really um, mm-hmm. oh yeah that's what we actually got from dc sometimes sometimes dc will send us review copies um so we have them a couple of days like we'll get them on a friday so we have them to review uh for Wednesday, yeah, and they're embargoed. But sometimes they'll send us the um, like those Manila envelopes with like the bubble wrap on the inside, yeah, without bags and boards. 
and they work okay. Yeah. But if you're selling your a copy of your book or whatever to someone, that might not be the best way to go. Yeah, if I you're would, selling it, then be cautious would, with it. Yeah, I would bag and board if, it. If you're just sending it for fun, though, yeah, the, that envelope should work. And a question for James, who is not here. Cool. Next time. <laughs> Next time, Adam Mike. Comic Sean says... Hi, Tony, Corey, Sarah, and an old man fashioning a canoe out of a log, James. If there was no James, don't read the parentheses. Too late. Hope the holidays were kind to you all, and I'd like to put in a theory they were. out into the open. Me, me too. Yeah, it was nice. Now, a lot of fans would be miffed, understatement, if DC decided to retcon the New 52. However, I think there's a solution that would make everyone happy. From Flashpoint nope. 5 to... <laughs> I can already tell you. There is no solution that makes everyone happy. <laughs> because you can never make anyone or everybody happy at the it's same true. time. It's true. That is true. Um, from Flashpoint 5 to the more current issues, it was explained or at least hinted that Pandora had uh, ruptured three different universes. Pre-Flashpoint DC, Vertigo, and Wildstorm each merged into one continuity. So, of course, things were changed. What do you expect? Batman doesn't dig rainbow colors now. Wonder Woman likes ice cream. Three decades worth of story was put down the drain. Come the time of Trinity War and the aftermath, I'm going to guess that some rupture changes in the New 52 DCU will have been healed, restored by having Pandora either killed or her mojo being reversed. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that was why they introduced Pandora, just in case, like, on the very, very off chance those boycotts actually went through. Mm -hmm. But since they didn't, because they never do, Mm -hmm. um, because it's all just bluster and talk. But I'm not bitter. No, no, I, I completely agree. I think that, uh, that yeah, they've they're now just having to integrate her more. She was basically. She, I, I think Pandora was kind of like a cop out. Yeah. Like, all right, we're going to reboot everything. She, uh, was, hey, she was their exit strategy. It's not working. Let's just change everything back to the way it was. Yeah, Pandora sneezes and everything goes back to the way it was. Correct. Um, where was I? So yes, actually, so in that way, I think that your theory is correct, but I don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> right. James really enjoying Earth too. I'll be honest. Nearly thought about taking it off my oh, nearly thought about taking off my pull list. Not because of quality, but because of a brief shift of personal taste. Too many team books on my list. Nonetheless, it's staying, and I like the idea of the new red tornado. I can't wait to see what you do with Wesley and Wildcat. Blimey. Don't kill Wesley Dodds. Now for some questions for everyone. Woo! Yeah. What title would you want to include in the next wave of cancellations? Personally yeah. wouldn't personally wouldn't Wait, are we saying what we would want to save or what we would want oh, to cancel? Okay. So what title would you want included in the next wave of cancellations in D.C.? Personally, wouldn't Suicide Squad, Batwing, Sword of Sorcery, Firestorm, and Batman Inc. Yeah, make so, some Sword of Sorcery has, hasn't yeah. even like had a chance to, yeah. to it, go one way or the other. It's bad. It's interesting. Yeah, it's been okay. I don't like talking about canceling books. It's yeah. such a downer, man. It is, and it's also I'd a little bit mean. I'd rather be like, hey, can I just have a new creative team on this title? That would be cool. Yeah. Or what other books would you like to see? I'd actually like to see Gail Simone go back to Suicide Squad. That'd be cool. I would like that, too. Mm-hmm. What DC character or team would you like to see in the next wave of titles after March? Love to see rock-based hero book. New Gods, Question, and Cyborg. I like all of those. Yeah. I think Cyborg does deserve his own title. You know, yeah, no kidding. When Vibe is getting one, <laughs> I forgot. I never thought of I it that mean, way. I mean, give me a break right now. Yeah. Can we please? Thanks. It's really weird that Cyborg doesn't have his own title. It's so bizarre. 
Everybody else does. Yeah, literally everyone else in the Justice Thanks League for does. Your time. Batman has six. Right? And, and that's just I, solo books. I'm just ugh, so over it. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Make mine comic vine. Catchy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it is. It actually is, yeah. Mine is. Are we going? I think you're good. Yeah, I think you're good. Yeah? Let's tap it. Yeah, you're you're I mean hey, you're guess what? up anyway. I'm recording right now. Awesome. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, this is going to be the most like how the sausage is made episode of Comic Con ever. <laughs> yep. Uh, I pressed like a, a, key, a wrong key. Listen, Corey and I needed a bathroom break. Okay. <laughs> sometimes when you drink That's a lot just, of there it is. There's the explicit one. Yeah. There's, sometimes now it's sometimes when when you drink a lot of coffee or in my case tea or in my case energy drinks that are way worse for you than coffee. Exactly. Which I also drink actually. Sometimes you have to go. Sometimes bathroom. nature calls, baby. Exactly. Can't do anything about it, man. All right. Back to your question. <sighs> this podcast is not going to be that much longer. P.S. BT Dub. <laughs> Spoiler fourth, alert. Fourth Horseman. Howdy, gang. What's up? Tony, many months back, there was a comic that you asked about that I was hoping you remember the title for, but I don't think you talked about it on the podcast since then. Podcast since then. So I'm not sure how many issues are out. Uh, I don't know. You should PM him, though, Josh. The plot had to do with a relationship between a father and son, and the father was on the verge of dying. He decided to give a key to the son to unlock the room in the cellar that he was never allowed to go in previously. I have not heard of this book. When the son did, he found out his dad was a murderer. <gasps> oh, this is a this is a book by Josh Fielkov. Hmm. I think it was a four-issue miniseries. Go to Josh. You know what? I'll go to Josh Fielkov's page. For you right now. On well, on this topic, line. while you're doing that, mm-hmm. on this topic, um, Lot 13 is a book that I've been reading that I've actually been liking quite a bit. Oh, really? What's that about? It is kind of like a suburban The Shining. This, like, family moves into a new house in the suburbs that it turns out, like, terrible things have happened in and are now oh. being haunted by these extremely vicious ghosts. Interesting. It is written by Steve Niles and drawn by... Glenn Fabry, I want to say. Steve Niles is, is great at um... horror. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, he is. Sorry about that. Don't worry, we're going to get to it. The yep. book you're thinking about is called Echoes. It's uh, five issues. Good name. T- published in 2010 by Top Cow. So if you go to Joshua Hale Fieldkov's page on Comic Vine, you will see that it's like the fourth one, third one. On the page. Cool. Cool? All right, Josh. Good luck. Get it. It's a really good issue. Series. Whatever. Hunter 5024. <laughs> Hunter 5024. Hey, Comic Vine crew. What's up? Here's a hypothetical scenario for you. Imagine all the best writers and artists from DC and Marvel switch companies. Which but, books would you have the different teams write? I feel like we've we've answered this one before. Yeah, sort of. Um, I think going through all of them... Would be really hard, <laughs> but I think uh, I would put Brian Bendis on Justice League. I could I, say that. I would put. Sure. I would put. Yes, I'd put Jeff Johns on the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see uh, Scott Snyder write Black Panther. That would be cool. Yeah, I'd like to see. In fact, I'd like to see Snyder and Capullo on Black Panther. <laughs> I'd like to see Jeff Lemire on Fantastic Four. Ooh. Right? Wouldn't that be cool? That would be freaky. Yeah. I feel like that would be very freaky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Okay. I think for that's that matter, good. I'd like to see Jonathan Hickman on the challenges of the unknown. <laughs> Ooh, I'd like to see Jonathan Hickman on a new God's title. Damn! I'd like to see what? Jonathan Hickman on Green Lantern. I'd like to see Jonathan Hickman on everything, including my sandwich. Damn! Jonathan Hickman sandwich. Director, 421. You guys probably think we're so weird. It's fine. It's okay, because we are. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. First off, I'm a big fan of all things comic fine. Thanks. Thanks so much for all awesome. you do. Tony, Sarah, and Corey. You're welcome. Instead of just Tony and company guests. and guests. Yeah, not even company <laughs> guests. I don't get a page dog. What? Uh, I one, don't either with how the mail's working these days. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I haven't heard brought up when it comes to the Amazing Spider-Man is what happened in issue 698. Before we learn the truth about the switch, mm-hmm. there's a panel where the lizard confesses to Doc Ock that he's actually Kurt Connors inside the lizard body. Mm-hmm. There were a few comments at that time that the panel seemed odd and out of place and that Dr. Connors felt the need to unburden his, his consciousness. Now that there's plenty of speculation on how Peter can get back into his body, including Tony's recent off my mind, do you think that there is any way that the lizard's confession will come back and play some part in how Peter gets back or can get back? I find it odd, much like most, that Dan Slott would write such such a panel if at some point it wasn't going to play back in the overall story. I think there has to be some reason for the lizard's confession. And also when Peter as doc Ock was breaking out of prison and asked the lizard to join his sinister six and Peter's reaction when the lizard remained silent, it very well could be a misdirection, but because it's because of its perceived randomness at the time, I think it will play some role in Peter getting back in his mind or realizing he never really left in the first place as Tony stated in the article. What do you guys think? I don't think he'll necessarily play a role in, uh, in re-switching them, but I think he definitely has a role to play in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, he's a geneticist. He, he's not really, it's not really his, his forte. Hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that we're definitely not done with Kurt Connors. Um, danger Mart has a question for James, but James mm. isn't here. I'm sorry. Hi, just Only my terribly offensive version of him. <laughs> Hi, just wondering, did James ever consider a wonder chap for Earth 2? Hey, everybody, what good trades are there for Guardians of the Galaxy or Nova other than Thanos Imperative? Um, Annihilation was really good, especially Volume 3. Uh, the first two volumes are kind of a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but Volume 3 is <laughs> a lot of payoff. And I mean, after that, there was there was like just the Nova Solo series that was amazing. It was by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. In fact, so was Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. There was the Guardians of the Galaxy series that was before the Thanos Imperative. Yeah, pretty much anything with Abnett and Lanning on it is mm. is going to serve you well. Mm-hmm. Um, man, wouldn't it be funny if like they read all these questions last week? I really don't remember answering them. <laughs> that would be terrible. I know. Are we, are we not starting from the back anymore? I thought, uh... Oh, no, we haven't been. Oh, okay. I should have. <laughs> that would have been the smart thing to do because I have a horrible memory. Uh... Uh, Savage Dragon asked, hey, everybody, what good trades are there for Guardians of the Galaxy or Nova other Dude, than Thanos and Paradise? Did you just ask that? Did I? Yeah, I said anything with Dan Abnett and Andy. I'm Lance. sorry. <laughs> I told you. I have to eat something soon. <laughs> I thought I was having a stroke. I was like, wait a minute. Is this? 
this real? Guys, this is the most unorganized podcast. This is what happens when Tony leaves. It becomes an unorganized mess, which is why he can't quit. Nope. Can't handle it. Nope. Secondly, if James is in, he's not. I'm sorry. Lastly, I've been reading Morning Glories and Trade, and I have to say that the series is crazy good, so weird and intriguing, and I'm glad that the people at Heroes and Villains Comics recommended it to me. It's not my LCS, but shout out to them for getting me into the series. Take care, guys. You too. James question. The recent death of Peter Parker, a lot of fans have been crying foul. Which iconic character would you kill off from other Marvel or DC <laughs> that hasn't already died in the past 15 years? And who do you want to replace them? Uh, I don't like that question. <laughs> I don't like killing people unless it's absolutely necessary, guys. Uh, well, see, that's, that's the thing. Who would be absolutely necessary? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I would kill Magneto and replace him with Zorn. Oh, wait. (laughs) I would kill Deadpool and replace him with Deathstroke. How dare you? Carlos. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Just want to start off by telling you guys you're the best. Well, thank you. make my work week go by so much faster. I recently started picking up the Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four volumes, and I was wondering at what volume should I start picking up the... Oh, man. You want to read FF? Mm. Well... Go from the beginning. Yeah. FF is short enough. We're not that far. Yeah. Like, we're not so many issues in. So just start with volume one. Do I even need to read those together with the Fantastic Four volumes? Um. So FF launched after Johnny Storm died. That's right. Fantastic Four 698, I think. What is it with Marvel and 698s? Hold on. I want to make sure that's correct. <laughs> Johnny Storm, Google. Uh, <laughs> This is, this is compelling. <laughs> I would say to read FF just because it's a, it's a really good series. Yeah, it is. So I, I don't know if you need to, but I, there's no reason not to. I don't remember. I'm not looking up this stuff right now. Anyway, that's when it started. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you can't like, see my face. But I, get, I get like this when I'm, when I'm like really lightheaded because I'm so hungry. So if I pass out in this chair, you, you know what to do, right? You I do. turn this Absolutely. podcast off. Okay. Keep recording. Just making sure. Nothing stops the Comic Vine podcast. DC Fox. Hey, CV. It seems like every week we hear about a plan from Marvel slash DC to try and attract new readers. <laughs> my question is, how can they get new readers when comic stores don't even carry enough inventory to satisfy demand from regular customers? Because of my work schedule, I sometimes can't make it to my LCS on Wednesdays. Get a poll list. There you go. For the more popular titles, I find that my store is already sold out before the weekend. As Get a comic a store list. owner, how does Corey handle this situation? Well, there's a thing called a poll list. <laughs> does he only order what he knows he can sell, or does he plan for new readers that might show up at the store? We pretty much order uh, everything for our uh, comic box, our reserve boxes, and then plus... A certain amount extra mm-hmm. to put on the shelves. If you know what you like, call your local shop. Be like, hey, guys, can you make a pull list for me? Well, some of them require, well, our, ours, I'll say, requires a, uh, a deposit. Good for you. Yes. Because sometimes those jerks don't pick up their books. Yep. Because, <laughs> all right, the, the shop has to, like, basically, like, they have to pick it up, like, pick up the slack, right? Right. Well, and again, the, the, pro- the another real problem is that the ordering happens so far in advance that it's really hard to account for. Right. Like, you know, So we... if, if you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to read all Batman. Right. That's easy. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's also, like, you know, we've already ordered, like, volume... <clears throat> what are we on right now? So 19, like, we're up to volume 19 in our order of Batman. Mm-hmm. So if suddenly we get, like, 
well, with Batman, it wouldn't make a difference because we always order a ton of it. But let's, okay, perfect example. With Captain America, we were short uh, for shelves because, like, we got four new signups for it in one week. Mm-hmm. And since we have to order so far in advance, we couldn't really account for it. I mean, I guess that's the best way to do it, right? Yeah, the best way to do it is to get a subscription box. Okay, this is KL The Flash 7-Eleven. My dad used to own a 7-Eleven. Really? Yeah. I wasn't aware people owned 7-Elevens. Yeah, because huh. it's like it's like you... It's like a franchise? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It was in Queens. Ooh. He got held up a couple times. I bet. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, yes, not funny. <laughs> it's funny in retrospect, I swear. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Oh, my God. Hey, gang. <laughs> I've put a lot of thought into this theory, so here it goes. The reason the New 52 has Bart show up first rather than Wally as Kid Flash is because Bart's origin has always had him coming from the future to, to the present. So my theory is that Bart time hopped to the present where a much younger Wally was never Kid Flash. And I also believe that Wally will show up later in the stories, de-aged and under the alias of Impulse. Interesting. That very well could be. Just my idea. Wondering what everyone thinks. I'm not so sure. I mean, that, I think that's a great question, but I wonder if they even have that planned out. Like, did they just say we're <laughs> I'm not just sure if they go... have anything planned out? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of DC is like that, you know. So while that is a really interesting theory, part of me thinks um, that it's not that that's not the case. Like, right. like I think they just haven't figured it out yet. I'm sure we'll eventually see Wally again, though. Yeah. That seems likely. The Cyan Lantern. Hey, gang. So previously stated the website will get a complete makeover this year. That's right. Mm -hmm. As part of the makeover, why not add a shop section? That's cool. We all want our shops to stay around and survive, and Corey would agree. So why not create a section where shops can be seen listed that are are local, and the store will have access to these pages? That's a really great idea. It is. Websites like Yelp and Google already do this, but you guys can go further. Here, there can be no shop reviews from the community for the sake of avoiding bad reviews driving the store to close, but a comment portion to share opinions, and also category selection, or section, rather, that lists if the shop is large, small, or old school, or modern chic. But what really could drive us to be different is the option of the stores will have to do online offers through the wiki page. Okay. Mm. Now, I mean, this is a great idea because you're talking about revenue, and I love it. But I don't think that's something that we would be able to plausibly do. Yeah. Um, for reasons I can't talk about. <laughs> but uh, also, I think just the notion of all of like the programming that it would require would like make Dave like come in here and burn for, down the studio. For sure, <laughs> Dave would be so mad at us. But I think it's a great idea, and I will actually suggest that to Dave Sign Lantern. So thank you very much. Thanks, Sign Lantern. I think it would be cool to have comic shops have pages on Comic Vine. Agreed. Um, and it's not like it's going to do much. You yeah, know? it's just and, another tab. And, exactly. I think it'd be great. Uh, ride a space cowboy. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying Jonathan. Uh, it might be hard to edit, though. I mean, from a moderator's standpoint. Yeah, that could be tricky. <laughs> I mean, we could get the owner. We could let the owners know so that it's like, hey. Do you know how many comic shops we'd have to call? Yeah, a lot. Who do you think will do that, Corey? Uh, Not Tony. Magical Pixie? Nope. Hmm. Don't give me more responsibilities. I can't even handle a podcast. (laughs) Rides a space cowboy. Okay. I'm enjoying Jonathan Hickman's Avengers, and it's certainly well drawn. But considering my love for Pax Romana and the nightly news, I can't help but wish that Hickman was illustrating the book himself. 
Do you believe his unique style would translate well to more traditional superhero comics? Like I actually don't. Avengers or New Avengers? Hmm. I think I think it would be. Um, I think if he were doing his own superhero book, he could make that work. But the way that, like, since these uh, heroes are pre-established, having such like an avant-garde, uh, abstract style would, I think, be a little bit much. Um. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Can I just say, like, Hickman is, like, the most talented guy in comics. He's he's really incredible. I actually completely forgot that he drew those books. Yeah, no. Until just now. No, so did I. <laughs> and to be able to write sci-fi yeah. the way that he does in a way that is accessible is amazing. He His run on the Ultimates is one of the best. Like, so one of the good. absolute best. The whole what Children of Tomorrow is... thing. The, uh, I am, like, God, it was good. I'm such a huge Jonathan Hickman fan. I've never met him, though. He has shot I've up see, the charts. I've, I've seen him in the distance, and I've not <laughs> gone up to him because I was so scared. D- it was the same thing as Rick Remender. I went up to Rick Remender. I'm like, oh, my God, I love you. And I made a fool of myself. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Even professionals can still get starstruck. Absolutely. Okay. Weave 16. <laughs> Sorry. That just reminded me of part of a weave that I that I saw in Oakland this morning when I was going to the bus. Of course you did. I have a question about the whole artificially aged Damien thing. Ugh, yeah, we have a lot of questions about that. Even <laughs> questions that, like why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Even if the kid was artificially, quotes, aged so he has the appearance and the body of a 10-year-old. He wouldn't be 10 years old. That's true. Yes. I mean, that could explain why he is so uh, mature for his age, right? Yeah. I think I always thought that was why. See, Talia and Bruce had the little love potion, mm. love making session Number nine. five years ago. And Damien was rapidly grown. He would still be five years old because he's only been on the planet for five years, despite yep. looking like a 10-year-old. My question is... Why is that a viable answer? It it's not is the answer. It doesn't even make comic book logical sense, let alone logical sense. Exactly. And there you go. You've answered your own question. Isn't it bizarre? It's so bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre also, how afraid like, DC is of aging Batman. Totally. Like, ugh. We've been over it. The five years thing is so silly. It really is. Jim... J1ML33. Hello, everybody on the Comic Vine podcast. I have three questions I would like to ask G Man and Babs. If Corey is there, tell him I said Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. Mm-hmm. She can't hear you. Damn it. Anyway, here's my questions. At least not yet. Um, G Man, oh, I can't. We'll wait. I'll tell him. I'll tell him that one. All right. Because this is. It's a good question. Well, I don't think I can't answer this question. G-Man, do you think if Doc Ock would have switched minds with Deborah Whitman instead of Spidey, how would you think that turn of events would have played out differently? What? <laughs> yeah. Isn't Deborah Whitman the congresswoman from Massachusetts who was a Democrat and who took the seat of a Republican? Maybe. Or who am I thinking about? Or, oh, no, I'm sorry. It is a Marvel character. Oh, okay. Or am I thinking of Deborah? Deborah Whitman, she own eBay? I don't... Sorry. Clearly, I can't answer this question, so I'm not going to read it, okay? All right. I'm sorry, J1ML33. And I'm sorry for everybody who hates when I go on rants. Babs, 
Do you listen to the sweet, sweet music of Krayshawn, V Nasty, and Little Debbie? Unfortunately, I do not. Although Krayshawn, I hear, is from the Bay Area. Ooh. <clears throat> do you think that they would be perfectly cast well as villains in a Chris? Nah. I don't want them. What? No. Why are you putting them in movies? <laughs> Do you think that they would be perfectly cast well as villains in a Chris Nolan movie? And also if Batwoman and the question was to get their own movie, who do you think would be a great director for the film? Quentin Tarantino? That would be cool, actually. That would be, yeah. Clive Barker? Sam mm. Raimi? Yeah. Scorsese, no. Scorsese, nah. no. Scorsese doesn't do well with fantasy. <laughs> or has never done fantasy, really. Quentin Tarantino would be cool. Because yeah. I feel like it would be sort of Kill Bill-ish. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, that, <clears> would be, <throat> uh, that would be fast-paced and badass. <laughs> oh, this is back to Deborah Whitman, the third question. Yeah. I feel like I'm really sorry. I can't answer these Deborah Whitman questions because clearly, like, I don't even know anything. <laughs> but now I'm curious. What is the name of that woman who... Is a Democrat. No. Quickly to the next question. Okay, I'm going. Before we tangent again. I know. Um, okay, I'm getting distracted. Ready? Let's mm-hmm. go back. Cool. There's a picture there. Reg Rivet. Hey, guys. Hello. Hope you are ready for a bunch of questions. Always. Who, who would win in a fight? A Mazo or Super Scroll? Um, hmm. I see what you're getting at there, but I still think Super Scroll would uh, come out on top. You think so? His powers are a little bit more dynamic. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, is Amazo a mimic of whoever he's in proximity of, or is he, um, or does he just have the powers of the Justice League? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not sure. Okay. Elizabeth Warren, that's her name. (laughs) Damn it, Sarah. Sorry. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren, I should have known that. I'm sorry. This is not a politics podcast, by the way. (laughs) Political. Politicast. Is Amazo limited to only physical imitation of characters? Why hasn't he used the mental imitation of Batman and be a more powerful villain? Because he's only limited to physical imitations. Right, so Batman... Yeah, he's he's still not going to be as smart as Batman, right? Yeah. Like he can't deduce like Batman does. Yeah. Which is awesome, the way he does it. That's how Batman beat Amazo, in fact. That he one is time. amazing. <laughs> Who is Marvel DC Universe? Who in the Marvel DC Universe is in most need of psychological counseling? Joker? Yeah. Well, th- he doesn't need it. There's He's beyond help. Uh <laughs> <laughs> His last therapist fell in love with him. Uh, <laughs> so hard to resist, Corey. I know. I love the allure serial... of a pale, lanky serial killer. <laughs> yeah, right. What is it that did it for her? I mean, um, now that is a guy you will never find in Nicholas Sparks novel. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you guys, Corey and I had a conversation. Oh lord! This don't don't explain started. the context. There's there's an inside joke, and it's hilarious. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Corey, I feel like this is bringing us together. I feel like it is, too. It's making me cry. Aw. Um, so we didn't answer the question. Psychological counseling. Um, Scott Summers. I, yeah, Scott Summers. I think Tony Stark could use some. Dude, totally, mm-hmm. man. He should not be in a relationship. No. <laughs> he should not be running a company, either. Definitely not. 
Do you think that Superior Spider-Man will meet Scarlet Spider, the original or the new, and how will that go down? Probably not well. Mm, probably not. <laughs> I would actually love to see him meet uh, the current Scarlet Spider. If Marvel boasts 8,000 plus characters, how many would the DCU pre and post New 52 have? Dude, I don't know. 5,000? Really? You think they'd have less? I think so. Hmm. I guess. Yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, Marvel has more books that come out. Yeah, and they also have more, a lot more team books. But then again, DC has like a lot more minor characters, I think. Yeah, you got people like Snapper Carr and yeah. Jimmy Olsen. Who, like, who is that? I mean, I know who Jimmy is, but right. what? Snapper Carr? Snapper Carr. Okay. He always snaps. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Gee, is that his power, Corby? Yes. That's his, okay. no, he's, he's just a guy. I think is, he's a reporter, I want to say. <laughs> is there anything that is too sacred for comic books? For example, some people did not like punk rock Jesus. <laughs> uh, um, no, I think comic books are like any other art form. You think so? Yeah, they should be unshackled. Mm, they should be, but are they? <gasps> I don't know. That's a tough question. I mean, yes, they are like... <laughs> But at the same time, no, not, they're not. Not really. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think there is uh, some censorship. I think that. I think there is at the big two, but, you know, you've got independent comics. You've got, like, yeah. the crazy stuff like Art I mean, Crumb. I mean, you've got weird stuff, too. Like, I hate to point fingers at Japan, but. Well. Uh, you know. <laughs> but then, you know. I mean, you, I'm sure you can guess. Sure, but you've also got, um, what's his name? Mon- <laughs> Milos Minara. Oh man, he's I done some. He's done some odd stuff. Why does he stuff. do X Men covers? I don't know. That's a weird recent development. I, I'm not a fan. Can I just say <laughs> that like every woman shouldn't have her mouth open and look like she's. Anyway, <laughs> I don't need to see that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> okay, how often? Too busy reading these questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? What? How often do you find similar or the same story repeated in a comic book character's history? Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, sometimes they retell stories over and over. There's nothing you knew under the sun. Why are there no spy books in the DCU, like Marvel's Winter Soldier or the previous Captain America run by Remender? Is there room for such a DC book? Absolutely. There used to be a Checkmate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I th- that's kind of what they're going for with Team 7, but mm-hmm. that's... It's a little different. I think that the art really has to reflect that, too, you know? Yeah. And I don't think it does for Team 7. There's also a certain degree of psychological realism that's necessary to make a compelling spy book, and that is not DC's forte. No. I've noticed that they're they're different. The genres are different. Oh, I yeah. mean, I think that um, Marvel does sci-fi and spy thriller really, mm-hmm. really well, generally. Yeah. And I don't think DC can do that. No, every time DC tries to... Well, like, DC's they, got Green Lantern do, for straight sci-fi. But they do Supernatural really well. I don't yes. think... I don't think that that's sci-fi. Like, when I read a Green Lantern comic, I'm reading a fantasy. Yeah. Okay? That's true. It's 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 Star Wars, not Star Trek. Yeah. You know? But you are absolutely then, right about DC doing better horror. But then when you read, like, FF or yeah. Fantastic Four, you're getting a sci-fi story. That is a really good point. Um, 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 um. Did you see Mama, by the way? Did I see what? Mama. I did not. Are you going to? I don't know what that is. It's a new Guillermo del Toro movie. It's a horror movie. Ew. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the pieces are falling into place. I may. I'm not. Uh, ghost stories freak me the F out. Yeah, I hear that it's really bad. Sorry, I'm buying time to try to find where I was. I was going to say, I thought you meant the villain in Dread, which no. I did see. 
which was really, really good. Was she? Was it really good? Yeah, the movie was amazing. Oh, wow. Really solid, really good. Unironically, it's really great. Unfortunately, I haven't watched it. It's, uh, yeah, it's hard R, though. Just Mm. FYI, letting people know. It is messy. Pretty gory? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a dread, so. Yeah, but I had a friend who went into it thinking it was PG-13, and then someone oh, God. gets the side of their face blown off. It's like, whoa! <laughs> that I was not expecting. Um, should comics implement product placement, or should that be left to the movies? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, it will make it a little bit dated. If I saw, you know, Tony Stark drinking a tab, I would be like... <laughs> I'd be like, I don't think uh, it's marketed to Tony. I think Pepper Potts would be the one drinking a tab. Why? I think it'd be funny if it was Tony. I think it would be funnier. You're All right. <laughs> but I don't know. Then I'd be like, eh, this feels Tony dated. Stark drinking a Mountain so, Dew Code Red. Because sometimes, sometimes I see like, sometimes we get little insinuations uh, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, check out my Twitter feed, Supergirl. Right. You yeah. know, and <laughs> and I'm just not, I just don't like that. Yeah, but I mean... At the same time, they they can't just ignore social media. You know what? It's a big thing. Lobdell is constantly making references to, um, like, current stuff. Yeah. Like Disney Channel shows. (laughs) I'm like, do you watch those or something? Because then I have to, like, look them up. I'm like, what the heck is he to... Oh, that. (laughs) Okay, okay, Scott. Okay. I mean, I understand writing. I understand the idea. I'm, I'm just... I'm just joking around. I'm I'm not well, because trying it's like, to be a giant uh, jerk. Otherwise, they have to, like, invent one, and then that just sounds even stupider, because you know what they're referring to. It's like, oh, I'm checking out my face space I just don't page. think it's that. I don't think it's that clever, though. You know? I, I don't think it has to be clever. I mean, it's permeated. Look at how much Facebook has really permeated our everyday lives. Like, like the Disney Channel, Corey? Well, the Disney Channel's been around for a while. Corey, stop defending this. I will not. Um, you should watch more Boy Meets World. For example, no, I'm going to watch the new oh, reboot of Boy Meets World, girl, girl Meets World or something. Girl Meets Universe. For I think ex- that's actually what it's called. I was, that was my joke title, but I think that's actually what it's Shut called. Shut up. No, it's not really. Girl Meets Universe. I think that's what, what? it's called. For example, have the Avengers drinking a lot of Dr. Pepper or replacing the Q-Core? I mean, that Oliver Queen has with an Apple product, that would be cool, but... Think about what that would entail. Like, you'd have to go through so many hoops trying to do this. Although, it would be a good way to, like... Bump up the revenue stream. Absolutely. Like, they could make money that way. But at the same time, I like that, like, you know, stuff is Stark tech. Stuff is Wayne tech. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think that, that again, gives the universe, or the titles a great deal of uh, interconnectivity. Me too. Who do you think the first DC hero to die in the New 52 will be? Who will be the first to be resurrected? <laughs> Uh, well, apparently I, Superman already has. I think. So. I think we'll see. Oh, yeah, that's true. In recent Superboy, right? No, no, no. No. In uh, Action Comics, he makes reference to the first time Superman died. Oh. Okay. Yeah. They they make reference to a Doomsday, but it apparently wasn't the uh, same one. It wasn't Bony Gray Hulk from space punching in a punching match. Gotcha. Thank you, Max Landis. <clears throat> <laughs> um, I don't know, but if I had to guess when where it's going to happen. I'm going to have to say death of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Someone may have already been killed. If again, what I think is under that covering. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're, you're, you're anticipating a a decapitation, aren't you? What's in the box, man? What's in the box? So am I, man. I kind of don't want to know. Seven. Why are Jessica Jones and Sue Storm uh, the only superheroines that have children? 
other comic book women have children, but these are the only ones that come to mind. Is that all of them? Well, let's think about how hey, many Hey, speaking comic- of one year later, Catwoman had a kid. Remember that? Yeah, and then what happened? Uh, it was the dumbest thing ever. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're going to get through. Oh, my goodness. You know how many questions he has? How many more? He's got a total of 21 questions. We, yeah. And I'm on, save that. I'm on 11. <laughs> oh. So let's end with uh, this one. Well, okay. What about the kids? What? I mean. No, we're ending with the kids. Oh, okay. Well, think about marriage, right? How many marriages in, in comics actually last? Very few. And, and lots of people have written a lot of stuff about that. And I mean, you know, you as, as two people making a decision that is as big as having children, like look at the lives that these people lead. Totally. You don't want to bring a kid into that. Unless you read Richards and you're like, let's go on well, a spaceship, kids. Well, Yeah. <laughs> And that 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 actually. But I mean, they're actually one of the, a couple of the more responsible parents in the Marvel U. No, that's true. And the more responsible people, like they're Sue and Reed, have relatively stable lives. Mm-hmm. You know what? As though, opposed to someone like Hawkeye or Spider Man, I really like the fact that they are married and that they yeah. have a family. And, I think that's great. And they have a school, and it's really focused on children, and it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of a kid oriented book. And I think it's fun. And you know what? They write the marriage in a really well and interesting interesting way the, yeah i actually am really impressed with how because like because there are the, the argument could be made like what does she see in him he's mm-hmm. aloof he's you know always doing three things at once he's not particularly affectionate but and i i, I know i've brought this storyline up before but i'm gonna do it again there was like i can't remember who had asked sue storm about it but she said like <clears throat> one year for our anniversary reed brought me this collection of music and he played it for me and it was some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever heard. And I had never heard it before. And I said, where did this come from? And he said, this was from a universe that I stumbled upon where time existed in an extremely accelerated state. So the universe has already collapsed. And this was from one of their greatest civilizations. Wow. That's really, really cool. Who the hell is going to give you that? Nobody. (laughs) Nicholas Sparks novel. So, yeah, it's like he's romantic in his own way. Quirky way. Yeah. Yeah. Although when you've got a guy like Namor throwing himself oh, at you every boy. five minutes. <laughs> Uncle hard, Aquaman. So hard to say no. <laughs> okay. Wait, okay. Here's a question for you. Okay. Which Namor costume do you prefer of his main two? I like the blue one where he's mostly covered. Okay. I'm not. Blue? I always um, thought it was black. It, or black, whichever. The, the one with like the sort of the, the arms and the pants. Totally. Around the vest and the pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm not a fan of the Speedos. <laughs> the green uh, scaly Speedos. I, I mean, they should just do away with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think they have, essentially. But somebody keeps bringing it back. I don't understand <laughs> whose decision this is. I don't know. Anyway, it right. doesn't matter. All right. What's your favorite? Of the two? Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, like I think my... it looks more regal. I'll never, mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. Um, really, I forget what comic this was, but it's that image of Doom and Namor. Sort of being like, welcome, welcome to, um, what was it? Where did he go? He went to... Atlantis? Let, no. Uh, welcome to Latveria. Latveria. Ah, yeah. That was a storyline that never went anywhere. Remember when Doom and Namor were going to like secretly take over? Dude, that would be so cool. Especially it, now. If, yeah. What if Jonathan Hickman goes back and he's like, I'm going to take this thing that happened. It, yeah. And I'm going to bring Doom into this. It was the anti-Illuminati. It was Doom, Namor, Hood, and Norman. But now Namor is part of the Illuminati. Right. Which... So this would be like the perfect cover for it, right? Yeah. Be like, I'm doing away with all these humans. Right. Well, and... the, yeah, that was their agreement was Doom would get the land and Namor would get the oceans. 
But that doesn't really make sense because he Namor's already got the oceans. Yeah, but he would be uncontested. Who's contesting him? Atuma? Aquaman? I don't know. Atuma. No. That big jerk. Get out. <laughs> I, I think it would mean like Doom wouldn't like, you know, would stop with the pollution and he would stop like Oh yeah, trying no, no, to... yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking anyways. Anyways. All right, guys. I think that's enough. Whew, we went, you know, this two, was... Two hours and 13 minutes. There you go. Yeah. That, w- that wasn't so Boom. bad. So um, thank you for listening. Tony will be back next week. Um, yep. If you guys haven't listened to his super awesome, amazing podcast, whatever it's called. Yes. The Invincibly Awesome Super Podcast. Thank you, Corey. No problem. Uh, Boom. You should definitely check that out. It is also on the podcast podcast page on Comic Vine. Um, so I've been getting a lot of questions about how to submit questions so you can just submit them to um podcast at comicvine.com there we go that's probably the best place to do it yeah totally and uh there's also a thread in the forums if you go to the podcast page you can do that so you can access it from there probably the second best place to do it probably and then there's also twitter not the best place to do it but we'll still try to get around to those yeah totally (laughs) um and that's it all right if we answer double questions i'm really sorry yeah but you got to hear my input on them. Exactly, because so Corey wasn't here last week. It was all on purpose. Yes. No apologies. Exactly. And I don't think so anyway. I, I think I think I started at a good place. <laughs> we'll have to see. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you live in the United States and you might have a three-day weekend, congratulations. Go Woo. do something fun. Go buy some comics. Read them outside or something. Yeah. It'll be awesome. And that's it. So, Corey, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week, Sarah. Can't wait. Bye. Bye. Bye.